Yes, hi, hello, welcome back to the Gooncast with your goons. I'm James, also known as Saber0307. And I'm once again joined joined by people who who, who, who we regret our life choices with together. <laughs> yeah, Ride yeah. Die. Absolutely. <laughs> What's up everybody? Uh, I'm Kat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch, dialogue designer by day, writer slash horror enthusiast by night. And once again, it is your boy, Lee Alder, the Valley Jester, fantasy horror writer, and um, man, I, I love when we get into this fine rhythm with the podcast of uh, when there are two wolves inside of us, and one of them is a very, very enjoyable film, and one of them makes me want to jump off a very, very tall building. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but before it, we get into all of that, <laughs> oh, no, no uh-huh. Saber... No. Don't put uh, that in your body. So I'm gonna I'm before I tell the audience what flavor G Fuel this is. Oh lord. This is a collector's edition box, and I got it specifically because of the figure. But at the same time, I'm like, well, because because it comes with this this tub of G Fuel, I might as well. It comes drink with a it. toy like a box of cracker jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's an off-topic. Uh, just read oh, the goodness. title. No. Oh no. Yeah, that's uh, uh, it's a Conker's Bad Fur Day Great Mighty Pooh flavored cheese. Oh no. Supposedly yeah, tastes favorite. like corn soda. Don't. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So, um. Yeah. See, you had me for a second because I thought it was gonna be like you know the the what's the harry potter every flavor beans bernie bitch faces whatever where they could be like vomit or dirt yes that's exactly what i thought too where i was like no please i was like this is a bold marketing strategy but like but corn flavor like i've had corn soup before sure it's good so i mean i don't know i i I don't know i just wanted it because i like conquer's bad fur day and the meme value of buying mighty poo flavored g fuel I, I linked it to Rio, and Rio was like, I am never drinking anything called Mighty Poo. And it's like, I don't, uh-huh. I don't blame you. All right, yeah. anyways, let's... Rio uh, lacks the constitution. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get a big old gulp. Uh, well, we need, well, we need the, the smell test first. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can't, you can't... It doesn't, it doesn't... It doesn't, Well, I mean, the thing is with G Fuel and a powder, it doesn't really have too much of a smell, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's, but... It's mostly water. Water and yeah. when it says it's when it's supposed to taste like corn, like does it smell mm-hmm. like a fresh container of like ranch corn nuts or Not like really? fresh harvest corn no. or menudo? No, actually, this doesn't taste bad, it doesn't taste good, but it doesn't taste bad. It's just kind of more water flavored. I don't know what to say, really. How incredibly disappointing! How incredibly disappointing for, for Mighty mm-hmm. Pooh, kind of like our next film. Yeah. Hey, uh, segue. Uh, oh yeah, let's talk mighty disappointing because oh boy. <laughs> okay, I've I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. For as much as I like to say I'm a horror fan and I write horror and I'm an enthusiast and all that, mm-hmm. I I don't like the slasher genre. I just yes. I don't. Yes, I think I I mentioned mostly agreeing with you. We're like okay. I I enjoy them for like an entertainment value, 
but it's not something that I seek out, especially not like the more famous, you know, like Freddy's and Jason's and, you know, Mike Myers and stuff like that. Like where it's just like, I acknowledge that many of these films, I mean, especially the originals were genre defining Mm -hmm. and they are good, but they're just like, not really, not exactly my cup of tea. So yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm not just I I'm not immediately entertained by just a rising body count of stupid twenty somethings yes. with a weapon wielding maniac like the Jasons mm-hmm. don't do it for me the Mike Myers mm-hmm. certainly don't do it for me like mm-hmm. okay Nightmare's pretty good because Freddy's yeah. got some character he's got some dream powers yes. you've got a docking soundtrack on mm-hmm. Dream Warriors mm-hmm. and I, I I don't know there are a couple slashers I do like but they're more maybe like monster movies like Jeepers Creepers is a yes. fucking banger yes I'm I am much more of a I prefer like serial killers to spree killers in terms Fair. of entertainment yeah Saw so, 7 y- yeah exactly exactly I like I like the sort of more methodical like you know collector we're gonna we're gonna follow a grizzled detective who's like at the end of their fucking rope and you know trying to trying to solve this mystery as opposed to just yeah a my, my, my favorite my favorite hero archetype is when you when you set the scene with grizzled detective leaning against his car in the rain in a beige trench coat hell smoking. yeah Hell yeah. Yeah, there you Like, whatever go. ride this guy is on, oh, please let him have, like, stage one cancer, and he's really worried about his future. Like, yeah. come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Scream 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, um... Like, yeah, I, I yeah. was... I, we were uh, we were a little enthused with Scream 5. It was, like, fine. But this was... Yeah. This was a lot jankier and 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 dumber yeah so yeah like okay my expectations for a scream movie are that they are at least somewhat clever because the series as a whole is meant to be this like kind of a deconstruction of the genre right Mm -hmm. like and I mean, you have, you know, obviously the very famous scene from the the first one where they're talking about like, oh, the rules of being in a serial killer movie. You know, you have sort of the framing device of like the first murder that happens is very much, you know, self-referential where they're talking about scary movies. They're talking about horror movies as a horror movie is happening in front of you. And then the later movies lean into that even more with, you know, oh, the 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 murders that have happened in Woodsboro in this fictional film that's so referential to other serial killer movies is itself becoming a serial killer movie in, or rather, you know, a a slasher movie in the universe of the movies. Mm. So, like, the Scream 5 kind of went, okay, we're going to take, you know, Redditors who are, like, big fans of the film franchise and make them the new, the new serial killers. The new, uh, you know, yes, the new ghost. The villain face. is Reddit. Yes, it's essentially, and it's like okay, that you know, that kind of works. I don't think it leaned into it as much as it could have, but like Jack Quaid was great. Uh, the the other, you know, I, f- I forget her name, but the the girl who was his partner mm-hmm. was also yeah. great. They were they were fun. Their reveal was was entertaining. Um. It was yeah, also then... it was also anchored by 
a really solid performance from David Arquette as well as like the legacy character yeah. who was like mentoring them because even though mm -hmm. he still had Sydney and Gale, they mm -hmm. they weren't in the film nearly as much as as, as Dewey and mm -hmm. like Sydney, Which... I don't even think shows up until like the halfway point after no, so, no she does full spoilers you know Dewey died in the previous one until his death yeah um and and I mean that's probably why he played such a yeah, role and is they were like setting him up to die eventually. Yeah, and it's it's fine, but like like his performance was really solid, and it was like a natural evolution of the character, right? Mm -hmm. Until like the last thirty seconds of his life, when when he just decided to be really, really, really dumb, mm -hmm. and and throughout yeah. years and years of experience dealing with this bullshit, mm -hmm. uh, but like he 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 and Jack Quaid and um. Mickey Madison is is her name who played the other killer. Yes, uh, they kind right. of they kind of like, elevated everybody else yeah. around them. Yes, yes, and like Jenna Ortega is great. I think she's a fine actress. I liked her in um I liked her in Wednesday and I liked her in the uh, mm -hmm. the Killer Babysitter movie. It's a name I can't remember, but mm -hmm. um yeah she was great. She was great in that sequel. Uh, but like she doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah. In either movie, she's kind of just, you know, like just the innocent victim, sort of to speak, so to speak. A little bit, yeah. They, they hint a little bit in five that she might be the killer, but like, she's not. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, it's pretty obvious she's not. And then her her sister, who arguably has one of the more interesting roles in the franchise, where she is the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis, mm -hmm. and she's sort of like. Like, she learns this in the fifth movie, and then in the sixth movie, it's sort of about her kind of grappling with the fact that, like, she didn't hate killing the killers at the end of five, so she's kind of like, maybe I do actually have it in me, um, which is the thing that, like, she's trying to deny that everybody else is, like, spreading the rumors about. But she's just, and I, I hate to say it, because I really, I don't like to, I don't like to be like, oh, this, this actor is so bad. But she's just not giving anything. Yeah. She and, and maybe a lot of it is the script. Maybe a lot of it is the directing. But, like, she's just not an entertaining character to watch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... Even it's though kind conceptually, of, uh, she's right up my fucking alley. And yeah, conceptually, her character is strong. But just, like, the actual presence of the character, especially mm -hmm. in this film, it's, it's kind of lacking a mm -hmm. little bit. And, and that's mm -hmm. kind of like what I feel almost with... All the new characters really yes like they they don't have the and even even some of the returning characters like we had uh hayden panettiere come back yes uh, yes reprising her role from stream four and, and she and, just feels off yes that's the thing like i i like hayden panettiere and i yeah, liked same. i liked kirby but the thing is this character that she's playing in this movie does not feel like kirby like they have they have lines where she's talking about like oh I'm also a fan of like you know she talks to like essentially the character who is her like trope equivalent or she's yeah. the she's the she's the girl who really likes horror movies um and it just it just feels so like she's playing a character that's more tropey than her original character and it's a trope that's not from Scream it's just mm -hmm. like a generic like she's a she's now a detective who has a connection to the previous cases. So she's got to, and it's just like the, like her performance just doesn't, doesn't 
make me think of Kirby. It makes me think she's playing a completely new character, mm-hmm. which would be fine. Yeah. Like, she does a fine job. It's just that it's like, why Why would you bring back a legacy character and then not write her, <laughs> not write her the way that she was in the, you know, and I understand it's been 15 years or whatever and characters grow, but like, you need to still make it feel like the same character. Yeah, they are on. They're on such a mission for fan service and winks and nods that they're mm-hmm. forgetting the authenticity of the original characters. Exactly, exactly. And I mentioned this when we were when we were talking about it right after the movie. But it feels more like they're going through a checklist yes. than actually having anything inter- interesting to say about the slasher film genre. Yeah, well, like they're like, this is a scream movie, so we have to have a scene where they talk about you know the new rules of being in a being in a in a slasher movie. We have to have a scene where this happens. We have to, it's just like we have to have a scene where Ghostface gets bodied. We have to have a scene where you know it. it it made sense in the last one because we hadn't had a Scream film in a decade. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there were new things about the world of cinema and of horror that we mm-hmm. could talk about. And mm-hmm. the remake culture was the obvious one. Mm-hmm. And they went for it. And they yeah. did it about as well as you probably could. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's kind of ham-fisted, but they they, mm-hmm. they did it. Yeah. But then this one does not seem to exist for a purpose like other than just scream five make a new one yeah, yeah that's right that's kind it of right. you take the angle of it oh we're in a franchise now it's like mm-hmm. really that's what we're going with and yeah that's and just kind of like the, the, the no <laughs> the parallel that i kind of brought up after we finished this movie was the difference between scream one and scream two and scream five and scream six where it's like scream two also had a very rushed production and mm-hmm. and it was churned out in in a year similar mm-hmm. to how Scream 6 was. But from from what I've heard and from what I've read and, and watched in terms of like like videos talking about the franchise and everything like that, when Kevin Williamson pitched Scream, he pitched a trilogy of films. And he already mm-hmm. had a basic outline at the very least for how the franchise could and would progress. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. there, were, and- there were ideas for Scream 2 already in yeah. place. Whereas this the thing is, feels like, yeah. Oh, oh, the new one was a success. Yes. Let's quickly churn out a new one, kind of yes. like the the Fred of the Thirteenth uh, series of. Yeah. L- let's let's rush this shit immediately. And that's that's such a, it's so common in Hollywood nowadays. It's just like they just don't have they don't have faith in, like, I mean, and I guess, I guess it's kind of the opposite problem that, um, or no. The Halloween remake, they had a they had a trilogy planned, right? Or so they say. Allegedly, yeah. Yeah. It feels well, like they had two movies planned. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so there there is at least some that still get like you know, but mostly people. I mean, people don't even let like series live, right? Like Netflix is constantly just like, well, <laughs> have the first have the first season ready, and you know, if it's if it's good enough, we'll renew it, but probably not. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and and also like on the subject of like returning legacy characters because unfortunately the only yeah. other one is who came back is is Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers and she's still great she's still Gail Weathers mm-hmm. basically like she mm-hmm. she still kills it but I think part yeah. of the difference maybe between Courtney she... Cox and Hayden Panettiere is just the fact that Courtney's this is her sixth time out so she one hundred percent 
yes, is like, exactly. no, this, I know what I'm doing, basically. E yes, yes. And, like, well, and also, like, they let her character still, like, they know how to write Gail Weathers. Yeah. You know, like, it's, like, it, it, it it's... She has not really changed or grown as a character. She's always been the cutthroat reporter yeah. who will do anything to get a story. And she's she has one of my favorite moments in the movie, which is where she's like, you know, on the phone with the killer and goes, hang on. And he's like, what? And like, she hangs up and like star 69s him. Yeah. Which is like very clever. Really kind of. Yeah, exactly. Really clever. And I was like, oh, yeah, nobody's yeah. done that yet. Yeah, we, we got a good <laughs> chuckle out of that. That was very solid. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the, the one the one thing, though, about her character, which really irked me going into this new movie is because the last film, it seemed like there was some fucking growth with Gail, especially at mm -hmm. the end of the movie where they were like, yeah, she's not going to write a book about the Woodsboro murders. She's going to write mm -hmm. a book about Dewey and everything like that as a tribute to him. And it was like a really sweet scene and this movie just immediately fucking undercuts it with lol jk she actually did write a book and then she's hand waving it's like, yeah well somebody and, was gonna do it and it's like yeah and and now the main on. characters hate her for that yeah, it's, it's like, like you're you're just recycling scream 2 at this point yeah it and it's it's really annoying like she but she's Which, solid but like but but the thing is like they could have leaned into that more yeah but they didn't they, they like they didn't even make it like a self-referential thing mm -hmm. it just ended up being like we don't know where to take this character so we're just going to do the exact same thing that we did in the in the pre it's almost like they're unaware of the previous movies is yeah. what it feels like it really it where it's really just is. like where do we take the reporter character uh she she wrote a book anyway and now the main character's hater it's like yeah. didn't we already do that <laughs> yeah and and on also the subject of legacy characters, we have to discuss the fact that uh, Nev Campbell got shafted, so there's no Sidney mm -hmm. Prescott, and her presence is definitely severely lacking in this film. Like, yep. it, it would be fine if, like, she, she, like, turned down the role because, like, yeah. she wants to move on from the franchise or something like that, or yeah. scheduling conflicts or something. But as far mm -hmm. as I can tell from, from everything that has been, been stated, uh... Her Paramount didn't want to pay her whatever money that she requested, which is super shitty considering that she's the face of this franchise. Like, mm -hmm. there, there's a handful of instances where you have a survivor character survive in a slasher franchise for an extended period of time, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. But usually it's only a handful of films. And maybe the only other face outside of Scream that I can think of, or franchise outside of Scream that I can think of, is Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. But even then, she's left the franchise twice mm -hmm. before coming back and, and they do like a reboot, recall sort of nonsense, right? So the fact mm -hmm. that Nev Campbell has come back time and time and time again for this franchise, like, give her the money she asks for, well, goddammit. I, I, yeah. I feel like her presence is so sorely missed because they have done such a poor job of establishing the new line of heroes that we oh, need to have once we can relate to, you know, yeah. you, were, you were mentioning earlier about just like how, uh, how Sam's character falls totally flat mm -hmm. and yeah. the rest of the fucking Scooby-Doo gang doesn't have much going for it. Like, yeah, Jenna Ortega's cool. Uh, her character's not like abhorrent. I think she's, no. I think she's a good actress. She's um, great. Yeah. And then Mason Gooding is Chad. Chad's fucking great. I love Chad. Yeah. Yeah. He's, fu he's fun. Everybody else is entirely forgettable. And the problem is, if you have a slasher film, or a horror film in general for that matter, 
the worst thing you can do for the audience is to make them feel apathetic about the leads. Mm-hmm. Either love them and want them to defeat the villain and make it out of the mm-hmm. film alive, or hate them so much that yes. you want the villain to win. Yeah, I mean, that's... You have to take a side. I'm looking at you, Texas Chainsaw Man. Yeah, that's, that's one of the Thank things... Thank you for making those heroes deplorable. <laughs> that's, God damn it. That's, that's one of the things that, like, the Friday the 13th movies and Nightmare movies get right. Even when, like, yeah. the movies are terrible, the mm-hmm. leads... For the most part, the leads are still generally, like, likable or memorable. Like, there's probably not a horror fan who does not remember Crispin Glover's fucking stupid dance from friday four right Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. charming it's weird it's bizarre it's memorable it makes it Mm -hmm. stand out and like i like the idea of of uh mindy uh, who's who's uh uh uh, randy's uh uh niece and and chad's brother you know basically kind of almost filling in for for being the randy type for this Mm -hmm. I, i really like that idea like just she's not given enough to work with i don't think so it's just like okay she's yeah. just she doesn't have her own persona so to speak she's just like a lesser randy cuz part of even what made randy yeah. memorable is he was so over the top and cartoonish in a lot of yes. ways yes and it's you know like she tries like she i don't tries, care for that yeah. it's it's just kind of like yeah they the the movie doesn't do enough the the filmmakers don't do enough to yeah. make us really care about these characters. And they waste Samara um, weaving on the intro. They, yes. Well, yeah. cr- and granted, I, I, a I know, it was a callback, I know. I know, I know. Yeah, I know, but, like, she, like, it's just, it makes me so mad because she was, like, the best character, the best actor in the movie, and then they're just like, well. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, um, uh, Drew Barrymore was the best actor in Scream, no. in the original Scream. No, God, no. It's just that she was very famous, and Samara Weaving is, I mean, she's, I think, probably bigger, a bigger name in horror than anybody else, but, but also, like, there's anybody else in Scream 6, but also there's a reason for that, because she's fucking brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah, it's, and then, uh, I guess to get into spoilers for this movie, like, the, the, they repeat the twist mm. of Scream 2, where the killer in this yeah. film is a blood relative of the killer from the previous movie. So in this case, it's yep. Richie's family. Mm-hmm. And you have a really talented actor, Dermot Mulrooney. I've seen yep. him in tons of shit, and he's he's a good character actor. Yeah. And just and he's fine in the movie as cop dad, but then yep. when the, the, the ball drops and the twist happens, it's yep. just over the top but but not like the fun kind it just comes off as weird and awkward Mm -hmm. yes yes it's and that's the thing is like scream always has like the villain reveal and then the villain gets to chew the scenery for like the third act yeah and that's that's great in most of the movies it's fucking fantastic right like the original scream like the you know matthew um, lillard and and skeet ulrich just doing fucking scenery awesome yeah Yeah, they're amazing and then i you know i would even argue that like you know even up until scream five i think i think uh you know the 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 two killers in scream five once they're revealed are fantastic oh yeah jack jack quaid fucking kills it in in scream two you have fucking laurie metcalf and and timothy oliphant fucking killing it yeah Uh, yeah yeah in scream four yeah even Even three, three he's he's fun 
Yeah. Four, like, I remember when I first saw Four, I was kind of underwhelmed oh, by Emma Roberts and, and Corey Culkin. But when they did their heel turn, yes. I was into that shit. Yes, exactly. I, yeah, I was very, I remember being very, like, you know, she, she, as as the new as the new Sydney, she was kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. It's very, it's a very Emma Roberts performance. But when she gets to like, you know, become the villain, oh, I was like, oh, I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. This but, it was fantastic. But yeah, this this time it was so. First of all, like the twist, the like unexpected, like oh, we have to, you know one up the the previous movies is that now there are three ghost faces instead of the usual two or yeah. one and it's just like okay guys that's not yeah it's like 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 that's the l- laziest possible way you, I, you could know do. i got moderately excited at the start of the film uh, after the samara weaving death right it, it's yeah. not as tragic as that was because like wait mm-hmm. a minute are we going to know who the killer is the entire fucking movie? Because that like actually, that would be yeah. that would be cool. It wouldn't be a that mystery, be but it dope. would be like that Alfred Hitchcock bomb under the bus, a bomb yep. under the table thing of just like oh yep. fuck or or um, Maniac, the Elijah Wood remake of that, yes. where it's like yes. we're, we we're following we a killer. Yeah, exactly. It, it, we're following a yeah. unsettling and menacing. And, and, the and knowledge maybe, maybe of it is somehow worse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And maybe we're even following both where it's like we're following the the main characters trying to figure it out and then also this person trying not to get caught, which is yeah. one of my favorite genres. Yeah, and that, that could be like a really, really cool, fun twist for the franchise. But yeah. instead it's just here's another mystery and but the yeah. mystery is just we're repeating the twist to scream too. So I can't yes. wait for Scream 7 that re- just repeats the twist of Scream 3. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Please where we're no. just gonna, it's gonna be we're making another movie, and, and it's just like, okay, come on, guys. All right. Like, I, and, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead into the discussion, but I, I gotta bring up the moment where I felt like this movie completely jumped the shark. Yeah. The fucking movie theater full of props. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Holy yes. shit. Okay. Yeah. I get that a big running theme of this franchise is obsessive fan base and the dangers therein. Mm-hmm. Okay. The final act of this movie takes place in a in an abandoned movie theater that has been turned into a shrine to the Ghostface Killer. Yeah. Including having all of the different noticeable, you know, I cheered when I saw it, props and costumes mm-hmm. and memorabilia. Like the exact the evidence films. that somehow, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, the fucking evidence. Like, sure, mm-hmm. sure, Cop Dad is a cop, and he's mm-hmm. he's the mastermind of this thing. But, and, and sure, uh, serial killer memorabilia is a real thing. But, mm-hmm. uh, no, most of that should be fucking locked away in goddamn evidence lockers. Yeah, they, they wave it or some away other with, oh, things disappear from evidence rooms all the time. And it's like, if every piece of evidence related to a particular string of mass killings mm-hmm. disappeared, mm-hmm. Yeah. there would be rigorous investigations uh-huh. to find out what happened to that shit. And, and yeah. the, the thing is, is this is just like a sillier repeat 
of Scream 3 to an extent, because Scream 3 has a bunch of replica shit of, of the stuff from Scream 1 and Scream 2, but the thing is, those are Hollywood replicas because they're filming a movie about Scream. Mm-hmm. No, nope. these got DNA in them, son. Yeah, they, these yeah. still have the blood stains. These got yeah. hair in them? Yep. And it's like, come on now. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, 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 we, like, it's, it's, it's like when, when Sam Carpenter sees Billy Loomis's mask, they're treating it like fucking Darth Vader's helmet. In, in, I, oh, that sorry. was the yeah, exact comparison I made in my head. It's yeah. so bad. It's yeah, and it's it's I, not even it's not even done. It's not even like done ironically. It's not even done with like a little cheeky like wink. It's it's played completely straight in a way that's just like yeah. This is not scream, guys. Yeah, I've I've been mulling it over for the past few days since we watched the movie, and like my my gut reaction watching this movie was uh, <clears throat> it was better than Scream Three, but after mulling it over mm-hmm. more. I'm going to give it to Scream 3 because Scream 3 still has Nev Campbell and it fucking still yeah. has Dewey and it still has Wes Craven's yes. direction and it yes. has um, uh, uh, fucking McDreamy as the cop and yes. he's fun uh, and it has mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of really, really solid you know, like character actors giving in solid mm-hmm. performances and nobody yes. feels like the plot it, is dumb. It's really yes. fucking bad. But it's a better and more entertaining movie than than this, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's really really disappointing. Since I I liked, I, I thought that the previous scream was fine outside of Dewey's death being dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Ready or Not a hell of a lot, and I'm like, yes. why? Yes. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? It's like you take. You take an original horror director and you shove him at a franchise, and it's just like, this is not this is not what we want. This is not what we as an audience want. I would have much rather seen them fund another film from this guy. Yeah, that was you know an original screen. Like I didn't I, like, ready or not, I enjoyed a lot. I thought it had some missteps, sure. but overall a very solid horror movie. Yeah. Um, and I I actually like. I correctly predicted how it was going to end. Uh, so mild spoilers for Ready or Not. I, if if uh, Lee, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but no, oh, I've seen it. Okay, okay. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I I made a joke at the very beginning of the movie that it was going to end with all of them exploding. <laughs> wow, good call. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I was just like, oh <laughs> Jesus, that's yeah. And and yeah, the thing is like because I had I had fallen asleep in the middle of the movie uh, uh, when we were watching it before, and um, so Will finished the movie and was like, "How the fuck did you know that was gonna happen?" That's, <laughs> that's a good fucking call. Yeah, and then I I I, I finished watching it and was just like, "Oh, haha. yeah, I'm a natural." Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, like it, it was great. I think I think it yeah that that part was a little a little more comedy than than I think the rest of the movie really indicated although mm-hmm. so, again samara weaving is just like she's she's she's, great. she's she's fucking funny and she's a great like you know horror protagonist so yeah mm-hmm. um she can scream with the best of them um absolutely just stay out of scream yeah yes just stay out of scream yeah uh, it's this movie kind of solidified for me and i guess it's kind of my encapsulating thought on it is it has become the very thing it was trying to be satire of. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's really accurate. I 
I have never been disappointed in a third act of a Scream movie. Um, and so this was like, this was a major letdown for that reason. Because yeah. not only was it, you know, just that the the reveal of that it's three killers was really underwhelming. I think, I think also the reveal that like, I mean, the, the whole, their, um, Jack Wade's family was like, okay, yeah, it's Scream 2 again. Um, but like, that's fine. But I think the, you know, cop dad I was a little suspicious of, uh, cop dad's daughter I was mega suspicious of because one, there was that scene where like they're going through like who's suspects and, uh, uh, cop dad was like, well, you know, I can vouch for my daughter. And I was like, uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, okay. And then, and then her death scene, like mostly happens off screen uh-huh and that like, was that was do... my big clue in it's like yeah she's the killer because... you, you do you do see a body quote unquote like she gets she like a bloody person gets thrown out the out the room and like it like they think it's her and then they like end up basically like like hand waving that away as like Oh, I, dad, yeah, like, I'm a dad, like, a grieving dad, slapped the bodies. And I was, I, yeah, and I was in mourning, so they just let me be in the crime scene by myself, and it's just like... Jesus Christ. I don't know about that, guys, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it like, was it was, it was, was really, really a big, yeah. ginormous, colossal then, fucking stretch. Oh, and then also, like, her, her brother, who um, we don't... We don't know is her brother, but he's, like, part of the friend group. He's, like, Chad's roommate. Um, when he's revealed, he has a whole speech about, cause he's, he's the one who was like, am I going to die a virgin? And then he has a whole speech about how it felt really good to kill Chad because he's this like alpha male who's actually named Chad. And I was just like, Chad. and I was just like, I want to turn off the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, like, yeah. This, it, I'm just like, it, it's I, very I'm dumb. It's the, very the guy dumb. who was so obviously a killer that I didn't think for a minute they would actually make him the killer. Yeah. Same, same. Like, Where it was just like, and like, and even the, even the characters were like, it's obviously you for like the majority of the movie. So yeah. it was just like, guys, this isn't this isn't even interesting. They like, they, they even the tried to turn he's... it into a joke where Mindy after yeah. Mindy gets stabbed, she's like, I got it wrong again. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, I mean, like that at least is kind of harkening back to the original scream in a way that's like, you know, like it's like I feel like that's something Randy would have done, but yeah. also like yeah, it's just like it doesn't it doesn't that doesn't make the reveal more compelling. Oh yeah, or no. Like or, if if know, he wasn't the fun. killer, if he if like they cut him mm-hmm. like if he just wasn't the killer, yeah. I would have been fine with him. Yes. Be, but yes. because it's and, like and okay, that it's Mr. That joke would have landed. Yeah. yeah. But because because of the fact that he is the killer, that mm-hmm. joke is now retroactively tainted. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it doesn't it doesn't enhance the movie when you learn like you know we we were talking about this yesterday because we introduced a bunch of people to Malignant and Malignant does a really good job where even if you see the twist coming and even once you know the twist the movie is still super fun because it doesn't hinge on that twist there's mm-hmm. more to the movie than just the reveal that Gabriel's on the back of her head you know it's like but this movie is just like, oh, like, I got it wrong, then suddenly becomes not good, not a good joke when you know the twist. Like, yeah. It's just like, yeah, there's... It's 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 really, <sighs> it's really upsetting and really annoying and very disheartening that, like, yeah. the franchise is, it's, 
I guess to 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 like you, you see this a lot in Hollywood where where something exists long enough that it becomes the thing it was kind of parroting yeah. or whatever. Like right. The Simpsons is the biggest example, right? Where oh, it's it's yeah. become it used to be like joking about and making fun of the status quo and it has now mm-hmm. become what it used to make fun of, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's basically what Scream Six is in mm-hmm. a nutshell, where it just feels yeah. redundant. Yeah. Basically. Which is Very, really, really upsetting. Make a seventh. They're ma- they're yeah. making a seventh. It fucking no. made the the sixth made gangbusters, my dude. No, okay. this movie right. this movie without cracking a fucking smirk had a crowd of people chanting evil dies tonight <laughs> this movie can fuck right off but yeah. lee lee evil doesn't die tonight evil rises tonight segway segway baby oh my god i don't want to talk about fucking scream anymore i want to talk about fucking goddamn evil dead rise baby hell yeah thank you for the hell unintentional yeah. segway oh my god <laughs> <laughs> hold on where's my button I have it here. Yeah, here we go. So that's that's our second movie. Oh my god. Surprise, that's our <laughs> God damn it, Zach Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah, our second thing is Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Okay. I f- fucking adore this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, was, like, this movie slaps. Like genuinely, I think we have nothing but good things to say about this. So like, well, Maybe there's like one or two I mean, things you can complain about, but I mean, I'm, yeah, there. I mean, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna remain as constructive as possible. Yes, but... exactly. But in general, like, I love this. Co- fucking movie. Yeah, comparatively, and also just like in general, it's honestly, it's probably my favorite Evil Dead movie. Mm. It is, is my favorite Evil Dead movie. Yeah, like, cause I, I, okay, so I mean, I guess we can kind of maybe start with like our sort of like introductions to the franchise or uh you know our our, our feelings on the franchise yeah that's a good um, move because when it comes to evil dead purists what we just said might be sacrilege exactly exactly so <laughs> so my um yeah so my uh my introduction to the franchise was actually army of darkness um <laughs> which is which is kind of insane i had a i had a boyfriend in high school or college i think um who he he was just like like I want I want to show you this movie. And we watched it and I was just like, okay, I I didn't like that. <laughs> you know, like um which I don't had, get you it had and no you're context. weird and I don't want to hang out anymore. Exactly, exactly. It was very much a like if you don't if if you're if you're coming in completely blind, you don't fucking know what to expect and you're told like this is a horror franchise and suddenly you're greeted with like, like fucking slapstick like skeleton armies. Yeah. Just like Okay, this is not this is not the vibe. No, um, the, the, you were sold on a horror movie, and you got yes. you got Three Stooges. E- exactly, exactly, exactly. And I mean um, that, so then, that's I blame your boyfriend at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. He was bad. No, he he no he did he did a bad he did a bad. Um, this was also the same guy that thought a good date movie was um uh, old boy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, so I look, like, the uh, first movie, the first movie I showed Krista when we started dating was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> okay, I mean, at, at least, at least there's not like father daughter rape in that movie. So 
true you know i mean um, it is about the inevitability of love's withering but you know okay fair fair (laughs) but yes there is no incestuous rape in it yes yes um (laughs) but the uh uh but then i watched i watched the first movie with uh with one of my college friends who we were both like we want to see a bunch of a bunch of good horror movies um and the the tree rape scene was like the deal breaker for me where i was just like i don't I hated that scene so much. And according to James, um, you told me this was that yeah. that uh, uh, the director does regret that scene. Yeah, Sam Sam Raimi has, has said yeah. multiple times uh, that that he, he 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 they went too far and it kind of sucked the fun out of the movie. And if he could, yeah, exactly, exactly, it it sucked the fun out for me very much. And like, I I appreciate though that like because a lot of a lot of directors who who do that kind of thing. Tr- definitely like double down on it where they were like no 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 there was a super artistic reason why i had to include violent graphic rape in my movie mm-hmm. and you're just like okay guys cool um <laughs> but uh yeah so it's nice to hear that like even though like Raimi is kind of known for that sort of like shock horror you know thing um that even he's like no 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 that was not cool yeah i i I dug up i dug up his exact quote he goes i think it was unnecessary gratuitous and a little too brutal my goal is not to offend people it is to entertain thrill and scare make them laugh not to offend them i think my judgment was a little wrong at the time yeah it's like yeah that's 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 yeah yeah, it's a a fair take and it's like Mm -hmm. i i understand probably the mentality as to why it was thrown in it's your first feature it, film you're making a I schlocky mean, horror movie exactly that's that's kind that was kind of the bread and butter of schlocky horror movies at the time he was making them mm-hmm. so like i i don't blame him at all it's just that i didn't it, like it, it. it yeah yeah and it's, <laughs> it's, it's all totally kinds of take. edgy shit when i was in my late teens fan fiction phase <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yes exactly i exactly. wrote all kinds of edgy shit all same edgy yeah. maker oh oh I, I i wrote yes. i wrote a fucking I've... manhunt fan fiction yeah that's yeah, the I edgiest mean... shit you can do man yeah 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 i've i've definitely written my share of edgy shit but you know that's very yeah, so I, I don't blame anybody for that, but I do I do appreciate people not doubling down. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's actually why I ended up preferring the the remake, the Evil Dead remake, because that scene is is in, is very much toned down. It's toned um, down, and it's more implied that it's like a, it, her it, psychological state, like it's in her mind yes. only. Yes, exactly. It's not it's not a straight up shot of yeah. Um, so. So yeah, uh, uh, that that's basically my my like knowledge of the franchise is sort of I like it, I like it as a horror concept, but I haven't really dug many of the movies until mm. this one, mm. and this was the one that was like, and also I like I love um, what's his name Bruce I love Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell's fantastic. Bruce Campbell's, am- Bruce Campbell's amazing, but it almost does feel like there are two sides to Evil Dead, where like one is like this straight up. It's it's strictly horror. Oh yes, and then one is one is he's he's going after the you know the deadites in this very slapstick kind of yeah it's, kind of it's fashion. so like which f- I've I've never gelled with, but I I dig him as an actor and I dig his his comedy chops. So. Yeah, the the like the first film, a lot of the horror gags, especially like in when Ash is alone, are literally mm-hmm. just twists and like homages to the Three Stooges because Sam Raimi's like mm-hmm. a huge Three Stooges fan. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think specifically a plumbing we will go where, like, blood is coming out of the Great pipes episode. or, like, blood is, like, filling mm-hmm. up the light bulb. 
So it's like, it's scary, yes. but it's like, that's kind of where Sam Raimi's kind of like mentality is. And yeah. like with Evil Dead 2. And I can see that in most of his other films. Yeah. yeah. And like Evil Dead 2 and 3, I believe he had additional, like uh, his friends helping him co-write, who were also much more in tune with like that comedic sense. So they were like, as he established his voice, he was like, let's make this sillier. Let's just have fun. Because the first mm-hmm. Evil Dead was also a fucking nightmare to film. It took, mm-hmm. I think, like two or three years across multiple different locations. And like by the end of shoot, like half the cast just was unavailable or quit. So like at the end of the movie, there's there's a credit section, which is just fake shemps. And these are all of the people who put on deadite makeup to, or, or co- character costumes to stand in for another mm-hmm. actor. Because the only one who was on set the entire fucking time is Bruce Campbell. Or, right. like, the entire uh, basement sequence, like, there was mm-hmm. no basement in that cabin. So it's like, they, they cut a hole to make it look like a basement, and then, like, every su- single time they're in a basement, it's, like, another location. Like, I think Sam Raimi's garage dressed to look like a basement or something like that. And wow. it was, like, a fucking nightmare shoot, and I think that kind of maybe... Made, made Sam Raimi want to do more visual comedy stuff as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, straight horror. I don't know. I'm just theorizing mm-hmm. at that point, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, there are definitely two sides of the franchise of just, like, the first movie, which has some dark comedy to it, and then mm-hmm. the remake and Evil Dead Rise, where they're kind of going after the tone of the first movie as, like, a serious mm-hmm. horror movie with some dark comedy. And yes. then Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and Ash vs. Evil Dead. Which is yeah. a comedy, which comedy with horror elements, basically. Exactly, exactly. Um, which I mean, not to say that this movie doesn't have comedy elements. Oh too, yeah, this but, this is yeah. tons of dark humor. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Oh, but but before we get into that, Lee and James, your experience, your exposure to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was uh, mine was also Army of Darkness first. Uh-huh. My um, my pops showed it to me uh, when he was just watching it on TV one day. And okay. I walked in during, um, oh, which scene was it? I think it was, I walked in when Ash is uh, dealing with the three Necronomicons and, like, stretching his face out and shit. Yeah. And I'm oh, like, what uh-huh. is this dumb shit? And I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm a kid. And yeah. my dad raised me on all kinds of ultraviolence. And he's like, oh, yeah, pull, you know, pull up a seat. Check yeah. this shit out. And I'm like, this is dumb, and it scratched my kid brain. And I'm like, I I like this weird giant chin with a shotgun and a chainsaw fighting <laughs> fighting uh-huh. googly eyed skeletons. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. this rules. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a series. Awesome. And then I watched Evil Dead One and went, what, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, here's here's part of my disclaimer, I guess. Uh, coming from the guy who also just said eh, meow meow i don't like slasher movies um i also don't like horror comedies yeah uh, I, the I, one gigantic exception is cabin in the woods which i think is one of my favorite horror movies of all time wait a, wait a second what about reanimator Reanimator's good i like reanimator okay, okay. nothing okay. against it just right, you know cool. it um i I just don't like it as a genre yes yes i agree even if i can watch a horror comedy and go hey that was good Mm -hmm. like it doesn't mean i'm interested like tucker and dale versus evil fine movie Mm -hmm. i have no desire to ever watch it again Mm -hmm. um okay drag me to hell like yeah 
again. Well, okay. No desire to ever watch it again. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I think I agree with you because I think, I think my taste in horror comedy is very specific. Like, I feel like it has to still take itself seriously as a whole. Like, I think perfect. Reanimator, Reanimator is like the perfect blend of it because it takes itself seriously enough. But then there's a lot of goofy shit going on. There's a lot of like one-liners or like you know, like Reanimator works in the same way for me that the first um, Return of the Living Dead does. Exactly. Exactly. Like this is a dumb fucking movie, and it's yes. not taking itself seriously, but it's still yes. trying to do like the zombie outbreak. Exactly. You exactly. know, high stakes. Yeah, it's still trying. You know, like to they've got the, the rip off uh, Frankenstein, but. <laughs> Right, like where they've got they've got the scene where they've got the the half zombie uh, strapped to the table, and mm-hmm. its spinal cord is whipping around really stupidly, and it's like, oh, this is goofy. And mm-hmm. then the zombie just looks at one of the survivors and says, "I can feel myself," and you're like, "Oh, I shit. can feel myself." Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's gnarly. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not to mention not, not to mention too, like there's a lot of little details in that particular scene, like the spinal fluid leaking out of the the. The yes. torso. Mm, it's mm-hmm. fucking gnarly. It's like yeah. you know, you've you've got you've got the the paramedics show up and the zombies run out of the trees in an ambush and completely dismember them. And you're like, oh man, the survivors are so fucked. And then one of the ghouls grabs the radio and goes, send more paramedics. Send more paramedics. Like, oh, they're playing the system. Go get in there. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> no, it's, it's a I, fun movie. So I, I got into into the Evil Dead franchise because of Army of Darkness, um, and then just kind of went like, "This is this is a weird kind of series." Like tonally, I was super confused, and at the end of the day, I just tried not to give it too much thought because there were aspects of it that I really liked, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't like it enough to get into any of the side material. I didn't watch any of Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I never played any of the games. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I watched the first one a fair amount. I watched the second one an okay amount. Uh, Army of Darkness, I watched a lot as a kid and then just never gave it the time of day as I got older. Um, Did you and see then the, the I remake? Just kind of, I was just kind of like shrug about the remake. Mm. It was mm-hmm. it was fine. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any like strong opinions on it. I thought it was a more serious, cool direction to take it in. Yes, yeah. But it just still didn't scratch me the right way, so... Mm-hmm. That's like that's the first thing that struck me about this one. I'm actually uh, I'm kind of surprised how much you and I align on. <laughs> yeah, on no, this we're, we're kind of like right there. Yeah, and um, I feel like James is like the complete opposite. Oh, I'm the, I'm 100 percent the dissenting opinion here. Yeah, yeah, perfect. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> no, and that's the last thing I'll say on it before I throw it over to Sabs is mm-hmm. when I saw the trailer for this movie, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yep, same. I same. saw it and went, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I like, remember. People I, it was actually the, the first I it was the first time I felt like an old, like pearl clutching, you know, like I went, wow, this trailer's a little much. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Like, wow, okay. they right. get away with a lot in trailers these days. Like <laughs> You know, yeah, the, the scene of, like, swallowing glass was in the true. trailer. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Red mm-hmm. Band, you can get away with so much shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I, 
I was just kind of like, I mean, I'll watch it because it's it's the new hotness. It's the new Evil Dead. It, mm-hmm. And there's some aspects of it that I think look pretty cool, but I definitely had zero bias going in because of love for the franchise. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Mr. Dissenting Opinion. <laughs> uh, I... drink, drink a big gulp of your mighty poo and tell us how you got into oh, Evil I, Dead. I already finished it. Oh, uh, yeah, I, 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 got, I got rid of it. Uh, uh, it started to taste more corny as I was as it I was in the toilet it. where it belongs. Yeah. No, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, I don't. It does I, taste corny? Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know which I saw first. I know I saw them as a kid because my dad is a big Sam Raimi fan and a big Evil Dead fan. I saw either Evil Dead 2 or Evil Dead 3 first. You know, Army of Darkness. Um, I did not see Evil Dead 1 until I was like a teenager. I think my dad was like, no on that one because it's so much more grotesque mm. and violent and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Evil Dead 2 is, is much sillier and then Army of Darkness is, is fucking comedic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love this franchise, even though like, you know, I have qualms with it. Like the first is... Very dated and, and very cheesy, although that's part of the charm. And there's, of course, the infamous tree scene, which is very off-putting and uncomfortable. Um, Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite films of all time. It might not be in the top ten, wow. but it's... I fucking love that movie. Like, okay. a lot of the visual gags in it. I think part of the reason why I'm also, like... I, I like the concept of horror comedy when it's mm-hmm. done well. Uh, a comedy is, like, a notoriously difficult genre to to do in the first place. Uh, I think part of that stems from the fact that, like, when I was younger, a lot of, like, the material that I was exposed to as, like, a wee baby boy, like, four or five, was, like, the Universal Monster movies and also, like, Abbott and Costello Mm -hmm. films. So, like, Abbott and Costello Mm -hmm. meet meet Frankenstein, where it's just... Mm -hmm. 1940 style slapstick mixed with Dracula and Frankenstein and, and Wolfman, and, you know, all that mm-hmm. like punny dialogue and, and witty banter. So I, I like the, the, the aspect of that a lot. Uh, I've never played any of the Evil Dead games. I have watched uh, all of Ash versus Evil Dead, and I, I really wish that it had a proper series finale because Stars kind of canceled it. And I know Sam Chris Campbell said he's basically retired from Ash because he's too fucking old. And Good there's man. probably not going to be another, like, instance of Ash coming back. But I do wish he actually had mm-hmm. a, like, bit of closure. Because mm-hmm. Ash vs. Evil Dead kind of ends on a, almost like a cliffhanger, so to speak. Uh, although Ash vs. Evil Dead probably does have, like, my, my single favorite scene in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of slapstick comedy and, and absurdist horror. Uh... I, I, I even like, I really like the remake. I, 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 there isn't an entry in this franchise that I, I don't like. Although, like mm-hmm. I said, I haven't played any of the video games. Uh, and I fucking adore Bruce Campbell, and I, I love any, any single chance I get to watch that asshole mug it up, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know if either of you two have seen it, but like, there's another Bruce Campbell joint from like the mid-2000s uh, called Baba Hotep. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell, I do know of it, yeah, but I have not seen it. Bruce Campbell's playing uh, Elvis Presley uh, mm-hmm. in an old folks home where he he actually swapped places with an impersonator, and it's the impersonator who died, and he's just mm-hmm. been living a quiet life, and he's now in an old folks home, and he partners up with uh, JFK, who's played by Ozzie Davis, and they have to take on a mummy, 
and it's it, I love it. It's it's fun, stupid horror schlocky comedy. So that's kind of like my general angle. But I I I, I fucking loved Evil Dead Rise. This is probably at least in terms of the films, probably my second favorite entry in the Evil Dead franchise. Nice. Yeah. It's it's a damn fun movie. And uh, okay. uh very how do, we, how do we dive into this thing? Uh well, I guess I guess I guess my one criticism about it. Okay. Uh I don't like the wraparound. The the opening oh, yeah. prologue and, and and the 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 whole thing oh. at the cabin. Because it's it's unnecessary and it feels so disconnected from the plot just to try to get like more kills. Like I I was really waiting for that to somehow tie into the movie to like pay off. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and and it felt more like a. It does. It It does tie in. It does, but like not at least for me in like a satisfying way. Yeah, for sure. it, It almost feels like a short film that they stuck on the front of the movie, right? Yeah. Or or it could have been a prologue chapter to explain how the book got to the apartment. But instead it's just, no, this is literally what happens tomorrow and mm-hmm. with another group of people. And I'm like, okay. Like, I mean it's 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 on its own. I like it. But like in the greater sum of the movie, I'm like, this entire scene could have been cut, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. Other than that, though, it, I fucking adore the movie. It, yeah. it succeeded in doing something that I I like to see still be a constant in a lot of horror movies when it can be pulled off effectively. And that's, with the exception of a couple scenes, which I'll get into, um, it's one setting horror. Like, yes. Yeah. Ninety percent yeah. of this movie takes place in the apartment, which which is a very fun fun genre to yeah. To and it's yeah. you know, and that's like, kind of hearkening to Evil Dead almost entirely taking place in the cabin. You know, with mm-hmm. the exception of like driving to it or yeah. you know trying to escape into the woods. Like it takes place in the cabin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this confines all the cool little shit that goes on and all the. It's it makes you stretch out your imagination as far as how can we keep upping the ante and the stakes without the location needing to, you know, play into that equation. Yeah. And of course, yeah, you know, they've got the escape attempts into the hallway or the elevator and the third act, you know, ends in the garage. But like other than that, the, the entire thing takes place in the apartment. And I just yeah. I love when you can take something really simple like that of just like Take a bunch of people, throw them into a fucking box with yep. something evil. Yep. And just go. Yep. Yeah. And yep. like I was saying in Scream, like when you have a cast of characters that you just don't give a shit about, it it falls yeah. flat. Yes. From yes. the get go, everybody we get given in this house, in this apartment. Mm-hmm. Within 10 seconds, I'm like, I want this handful to live and I want this other handful to suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I'm, I don't need good reasons for why they need to suffer. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure the young man who wants to be a DJ, <laughs> Nighttime Dan, I'm sure. Nighttime Dan. I'm sure he's a sweet young boy. Mm-hmm. But good God, I couldn't <laughs> wait for him to be eviscerated. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. as soon as I see little girl, I'm just mm-hmm. like, Oh, don't just protect her. I want her to get a body count. Yes. 
Yeah. Let's well, go. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We talked about, like, okay, really hoping this this franchise does not do the thing that most horror franchises do, where or modern horror franchises, where, like, the kids are untouchable, therefore you feel no sense of danger when they're around. Like, they keep oh. just, like, just oh. barely getting out of the way of, like, the fucking, you know, monster claws or something like that. Yo, no, if you like they... child murder, I got a movie for you. Yeah, yeah. This, 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 is, this is diving into some Lucio Fulci shit. It's like, oh, it's a kid? Yes, Fuck you. Yeah. Eat yeah, shit, they, you're dead. yeah, they're like, they're like, no, 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 like we're gonna, like, there's a, there's a teenage boy that gets his arms fucking ripped off and like beaten to oh, death yeah. with them. And yeah. like, you, you think they're gonna get it off camera? Uh, uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. no, you gonna mm-hmm. watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody gets their some some. I don't think he was a kid, but somebody gets their eyes pulled out and like, yeah, and then and then with the with the little girl, she doesn't die, but she's forced to kill her sister. <laughs> Fuck who yeah. who has gotten uh uh so the I think the sister no 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 yeah the sister's the first one who who turns after the mom right yeah and so then yeah. and then who haven't seen the series possessions are the core of this yeah this yeah. story yes. yeah so so she gets she gets bitten or like so, something happens to her face. There, she ends up with a face wound. The thing gets like the tattoo gun. The the mom yeah, stabs the tattoo, the tattoo gun. gun into her head that's, and then stabs yes. it into the daughter's face. Yes, that's right. That's right. And so then now she's infected and and she slowly starts turning. She I think ends up being the one who kills Nighttime Dan, <laughs> who's who's who will only be referred to as that. Yeah, uh, um, I because right? he doesn't I think he so. doesn't turn. Or, or he doesn't he does turn eventually, before he's, but... before he's dead, though he dies Correct. and then turns. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um. But but yeah. So she's she's turning as she's still alive. She's the one who's eating glass, and yeah, it ends up being that the the little sister is the one who uh, uh, gets the Chekhov's gun scissors under the uh, um uh, under the couch, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, has to has to stab her 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 deadite sister to to re death undeath. I don't know. Whatever you call it, double death, double death, double death. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the redefining. So, so, so you know, not 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 dead, but traumatized, and that's how we like them in these movies. No, yeah, yeah, uh, that's what turns them into heroes in in a future Ex- installment. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. That's you that's gotta... that's one of the things that I do like as a greater whole appreciate about this franchise, even like the remake and also this 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 new sequel. Even though they're all interconnected, and it's like it's the remake is more of a remake will. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like this movie solidifies that. Like as Lee mentioned, the the three Necronomicons. That's a vital mm-hmm. part of the franchise now that there's at least three of them, and that explains how the remake exists mm-hmm. and Evil Dead Rise exists. But our mm-hmm. heroes get the ever loving shit kicked out of them. Oh <laughs> they, yeah, they, like everybody it, suffers. It it, 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 yes. it originates with with Sam Raimi putting Bruce Campbell through hell, and and like, hey, let's yep. make a lot of slapstick physical comedy of like like beating the shit out of this character but uh uh jane levy in in the remake gets the shit kicked yeah. out of her in, yep. in evil dead rise our mm-hmm. our uh beth i believe is our, our protagonist's name uh yes. and and the little girl are traumatized and get the shit kicked out of them mm-hmm. yeah it's, beth and cassie yeah 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 beth it's, has to it's, shove it's her own sister into a wood chipper and she's well, like it's her sister her. mother fa- brother <laughs> Because they're yeah, all the in that legion for. <laughs> well, oh yes, that's true. The rat, the rat king at the, the end. Rat, the rat, the king. Beautiful, yeah. Love, love a good movie that ends in a rat king. <laughs> yeah, I it mean, was some fun I bunny guess, horror. Well, I mean, it's only two, but I guess uh, Colorado Space also has a rat king. Yeah, 
Hey, yeah. I'll take it. We need it. more rat kings. Yeah. We do need more rat kings. Yeah. Give me there more was, legion. There was a there was a, a f- like fungus deep underground movie. It was like it was like Russian. It was redubbed. It had a rat king in it, which was glorious. Mm. I, I yeah. I think I think I I think you I find the weirdest work. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I this was this was one where it was on it, it was it's very weird because I think it was like redubbed, but like 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 so every all the lines are ADR'd, so a lot of times like the lips don't match, but like mm. it looks like they're still speaking English. So it's like it's very it's a very strange looking movie for that reason. Huh. Um but I think it was like originally like it's like Russian or like something but um but yeah it was it was it was fun nice uh i'll I'll find i'll find the name of it for you hell yeah please do but uh but yeah the um uh one of the things i wanted to mention is that like there is a theme of motherhood Mm -hmm. in this movie that's like like really well done like it's not it's not super in your face it's not you know um uh uh, it's tactful yeah, exactly. It's tactful because Beth it finds out she's pregnant at the beginning of the movie. Um and then is kind of like sort of grappling like she's grappling with that while trying to rescue her sister who is a single mom to mm-hmm. these three kids. Yeah. Who she's a she's a great aunt to, but like she's not sure that she can be a mom. Yeah. And I think I think there's you know, there's a couple of instances where like I think the little the little girl uh mentions like you're gonna be a good mom because you know how to lie to kids <laughs> like yeah. like you know like it's like where she's she's telling her like she's gonna be fine and she's like no i'm not <laughs> yeah she, she she's also a uh, uh equipment technician for for for, for music groups and that yes. gets band. that gets actually worked into the plot as to how she can yep. like listen to more of the record to, to try to hopefully figure out how to stop this shit yeah like it's it's yep. very yeah. very very solid reincorporation of like a specific mm-hmm. skill set, and it doesn't come out of fucking nowhere. Like it's like it yes. makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it, it, I I love when those little little breadcrumbs eventually pan out. Like you know uh, what a movie I've gushed about shamelessly on the podcast before. My favorite movie about motherly love, Aliens. Yes, I was where, going to say it's very it's very aliens esque without yeah, you know where, being where, a direct one to one where like the deadites are also mothers somehow but right. you know <laughs> but like we you know we established that like okay so our our main character has has grown a lot since the first film but at the end of the day she was just fucking like basically a cargo worker that's mm-hmm. all she did mm-hmm. you know she used to be a flight officer and that that you know she got barred from doing that so she just did fucking space dock work mm-hmm. and so at the final fight of the movie she climbs into the power suit that is used by the dock workers basically mm-hmm. like oh yeah oh that thing you told us earlier that we mm-hmm. know she can do yeah it's now got a purpose she's doing it in the movie Fuck, to yeah. to solve the main problem to of the solve movie. the issue <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah that shit is that shit is great <laughs> It's yeah, fantastic. I, in that same vein, I, I feel like the thing I really want to highlight on this movie, surprisingly, like, isn't the the visuals or anything, which were stunning. It was a very well shot, atmospheric movie. Yeah, cinematography was, um, was top notch. Makeup was fucking stellar. The performances were fucking brilliant. Alyssa mm-hmm. Sutherland as the possessed mom, Ellie, mm-hmm. is one of just like oh my the, God. the most fun scenery chewing monsters. She, in years she does such a good job also there's 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's a lot of special effects where I'm not entirely sure how they did it. Um, like specifically, I'm thinking of when the um, uh, when the daughter starts like crying blood, mm. right? Like where it's like black, like viscous yeah. fluid coming out of her like eyes and mouth. Yeah, and I'm genuinely like, how did they do that without hurting the actor? You know, like <laughs> yeah, because it's it, just like it's just like this looks this looks too real to be CGI. Yeah, but if, also, if it is CGI, I have no it's idea how good you could CGI. do it. If, yeah, if it's CGI, it's amazing CGI. But mm-hmm. if it's if it's not CGI, I'm like, how does this even work practically? Uh-huh. Like, and I'm just like fascinated by that. And they, there was a similar effect on the um, on the on the possessed mom too that I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, like I can't because like. Yeah, it's like it's like stuff where it's like moving with her in real time, and it's just like I can't imagine like like this if, if this if it's CGI, it's amazing, and if it's practical, what the fuck is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yep. And it, it it does a thing that I that I like where the the trailer showed it off to me, and again, I was just kind of apathetic about the trailer. Because one of the first things they show you once she's possessed is the her, shot of her jumping out of the bathtub and doing big, wide-jawed monster scream. And I went, oh, fuck, here we go again. Yes, with the grave yes. encounters screaming oh, face. Oh, oh, yes. But then that uh-huh. bone-chilling line where she drops her voice and mommy's with the maggots now. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Okay, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. I like when, if we're dealing with what are supposed to be demons. Mm-hmm. Demons, they don't need to roar and stomp around and make a big fucking scene. They are mm-hmm. eternal. They are timeless. They used to be angels, so they're jaded. Yeah, They can just say in a very even tone shit that will haunt you to your core. And I yeah. like when that approach happens. My favorite depiction of the devil in movies is Viggo Mortensen in The Prophecy with Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Where he's just he's just dressed in a black suit. He's just dapper. He's in it for like five minutes and steals mm-hmm. the whole fucking movie from a scenery chewing Christopher Walken, which mm-hmm. is difficult. Mm-hmm. But he's got this line where he says to Walken, who's playing Gabriel, uh, the angel of death, he just says, you know, your war, Gabriel, is arrogance. Arrogance is evil. And then leans really close. That's mine. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh shit! Like, Hell yeah. get off my screen, you sexy man! I don't want to stare at your evil anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like one of my. Uh, I, I, he can fix me. <laughs> I, I, I can fix the devil. <laughs> I, I a lot of people kind of. Why would you want to? <laughs> a lot of people kind of shit on the movie for being boring, but I personally am a big fan of the Paul Schrader Exorcist prequel, Dominion, oh, especially especially with how it portrays the devil, because like. One of the big things that Paul Schrader wanted to do when he was making his prequel, uh, and and it wound up backfiring for him with the studio because he, he flat out told them what them what he wanted to do, and they were like, "Yeah, that's cool." And he was like, "I don't want to remake The Exorcist. I want to do something different. Like, I don't want to just copy paste, mm-hmm. you know, gratuitous swearing and and head spinning and all that other shit." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, that's fine." And then of course, when he turns in the film, like, "No, we want you to just do The Exorcist again." Uh, is mm-hmm. like. When the demon fully takes on, uh, or like fully possesses the kid in that movie, right? The demon's first line is just in like this, if I recall, like an angelic voice almost, is just, Mm. I am perfection. 
And like that is that's cool. Fucking haunting. And it's not like some gratuitous swearing bullshit, like just vulgarity or whatever. Just I'm gonna shove your cock in your ear. Yeah, or or like you know, the the grave encounter screaming devil face or whatever. Uh Mm -hmm. it's it's something unique and interesting and much more potentially disturbing than just gratuitous vulgarity, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Good writing is scarier than vulgarity every time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. vulgarity Absolutely. can be fun, but like, mm-hmm. like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it just the right way. Otherwise, it's like hey, this is this is a little this is a little edgy. This is a little, mm-hmm. this is a little too tryhardy. And mm-hmm. I, I I think this this movie with and even even Evil Dead, uh, uh, what should we call it? Uh, remake. Granted, the Deadites, of course, can be vulgar, but like they'll have moments where they're just trying mm-hmm. to fuck you up psychologically. As yeah, opposed no, to just a, oh, as opposed to just vulgarity and whatnot. There's a line that that Ellie has uh, when she's possessed that's so fucking evil. She's got she's got her sister pinned down, I think, and it's when she realizes that she's pregnant mm-hmm. and says, um, oh, oh, Beth Beth says to her, you know, Ellie, she's trying to like get through to her, and the demon says, Ellie's in hell. With you know, mm-hmm. Ellie's in hell waiting for you with your unborn bastard baby. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, that's mm-hmm. yeah. It's, oh, that's so good. There's even there's mm-hmm. even like a moment in like uh, uh, going back to Evil Dead remake, right, where uh, our our Ash stand in before we we get Mia as uh, as the actual final girl protagonist because she's possessed mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, He's trying to like basically, you know, save her or whatever, and and she's just like, "Why do you hate me, David?" In like this demonic voice, and just trying to get into his head of like, "You you disappointed me. You left me alone. You're the reason why all this shit is happening." And that's mm-hmm. far more effective than just like, "I'm gonna suck your cock and then banal fist you." You know, yes. and it's like yeah. my my favorite scene from Hellraiser was when the box opened and the hell priest comes through and says, "I'm gonna suck your cock." Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna fist your ass like a sock puppet. Oh, ah. amazing! Yeah, it's 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 again, vulgarity can work, and Evil Dead is mm-hmm. is it does plenty of vulgar shit. Uh, again, sure. sometimes you know for comedic effect, like I mentioned my. My favorite scene in Ash versus Evil Dead is Ash fighting a cadaver, at specifically the uh, I think it's the intestines uh, that are coming out of the cadaver, and the cadaver ends up dragging Ash's head up the fucking corpse's butt. So he's just wearing this corpse as a hat, basically. And of course, mm-hmm. you know the corpse is a fucking cock ring and everything like that. Like they're going all over the top with like gross vulgarity mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like it's effective in a comedic moment, and sometimes vulgarity can be effective in like a, a horrifying moment, like in the mm-hmm. original Exorcist when you have a Linda Blair saying really horrible shit, and she's like ten or eleven years old. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. shocking. But when you do it like all the time, or it's like that's your only crutch, basically, right? Then it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't work. You need to have more on top of that. You need to strengthen that. You know, like yeah. It's it's like you, you you got your pot to make your stew or whatever, and like instead of like you throw in some seasoning, but that's all you have. But you got to throw in like some meat in there, otherwise it's mm-hmm. just like seasoned water, which is what just basic vulgarity is. I don't know. Yeah, and I I think to the same extent the same could be could be said for 
not riding just the coattails of your franchise. You know, other other movies will try to get that stew going by just yeah. going off of references. I'm looking at you, Scream Six. <laughs> Whereas this one, like I, other than the Necronomicon being like the through line, this movie had like one big like reference to Evil Dead. And that was just the fact that by the end of the film, Beth had a shotgun and a chainsaw. Yeah. That's mm, it. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? They did it so well that when uh, that when the neighbor, who I'll just call Kendo, when Kendo <laughs> shows up with his shotgun. Oh, oh my, my God. brain. Wait a second. Mm. Did we have. Two, did we have a Kendo in both Scream 6 and yes. Evil Dead Rise? Yes, yes, yes. we did. Because oh Kendo God. is a time traveler. <laughs> and Kendo is eternal? I forgot. I forgot there were two there were two like husky dudes with shotguns in, in both movies. When, yeah. It was handled so well that when he showed up with his shotgun to fight the Deadites, I mm-hmm. didn't immediately go, oh, there it is. They brought in the boomstick. Because mm-hmm. I was just wrapped up in what they were doing. And yeah. then, like, after a minute, when Beth grabs it, I went, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, Beth's got a boomstick now. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Yeah, I remember I remember very specifically the moment where you went, oh, I see oh, what they're doing. The yeah. I yeah. clapped when I saw it. Yes, yes. But because it was actually handled well. I'm like, okay. uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to gush on as far as like my my shameless love of this movie, um, this to me is the perfect level and tone of horror and yeah. comedy. If you have yes. to put the two together. Yes. I agree. I fucking adore. A scene where Beth is listening to the recording with headphones and they're playing up. You know, the slow encroaching Mm -hmm. dread of Ellie's in the room. She's crawling down the wall. It's very like hereditary how she's like in the background out of focus. And you're like, oh, it's going to be a big fucking jump scare. And then you see her reflection in the mirror. And oh, fuck. And Beth sees her in time and grabs a screwdriver and stabs it into Ellie's neck. And there is a perfectly (laughs) timed comedic beat of the dead eye just looking at her like, bitch, you did not just stab me with a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Smash yeah. cut to the clip from Fresh Prince of Bel Air of the guy getting thrown out the front door screaming. Yes, yes. As Beth is just ejected from the recording room. <laughs> yes, that one. That part was was great. I, I think I, I think I will say because I was I was thinking about this as as you guys were talking. Um, my one criticism was uh, very similar to like other horror movies. That I felt like a lot of like for a lot of the movie, there was a lot of me yelling at the characters on screen to fucking like leave or mm. you know like like don't don't go in there or you know like that sort of thing where I'm just like please like have a brain guys she's she's like I know she looks like your mom but she's literally telling you mommy's dead now and you're yeah, just like mommy's in hell okay yeah. I believe you yeah yeah exactly just believe her and like lock her out of the fucking apartment and they did they to their credit they do eventually do that stuff but there were a lot of scenes where I was just like she's very close to just being able to just murder all of you just fucking think use your brains for a second everybody <laughs> oh. a little bit a little I mean, bit. they they can't they can't all be as smart as Lawrence Fishburne 
in Event Horizon when they yes. find the video of the blood orgy scene. We're leaving. And he just shuts up. We're leaving. Like, yep, end the movie. Credits. Yep, yep, yep. I, I fucking love that. I use that scene all the time at work, too. Like, yeah. at work, I'm like, you know, when I'm playing TTRPGs and some fucked up thing happens, I'm just like, gotta, gotta get my Lawrence Fishburne gift in. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. What a fucking movie. But yeah, final final thoughts, I guess. Um watch it. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, uh, my personal favorite of the franchise uh it, it it is not do not take the trailer at face value. The trailer mm-hmm. is not a bad trailer, but it does not sell exactly what this film is. Yes. Yeah. Um and it's got it's got a bonkers third act, not malignant bonkers, but it's pretty fucking bonkers. No, but still good. Um, yeah, I I loved everything about it. Uh, definitely my my horror movie of the year so far. Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think I'm I'm roughly in the same boat. Um, yeah, I think it was it was it was kind of like the the surprise of the of the year so far, where mm-hmm. expected kind of similar to malignant, expected fucking nothing and got like an absolute treasure um i don't think it's to the my love is not to the level of malignant but i think it's it's solid i think you'll we enjoy just, it we need more movies like malignant out absolutely there. we do god damn if you can get even close i'm like good job <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i don't have much to add other than you know as as a as an evil dead fan who likes the entire franchise it's it's another great entry a strong cast strong strong moments of of body horror strong moments of dark comedy uh i'm i'm hopeful that that it can continue this trend as far as i know it did well at the box office so we'll see what happens with the rest of the franchise if if they ever make another one and if they don't this is this is a fine enough movie to cap it off on absolutely yeah yeah good stuff Hell yeah. All right, so I guess uh, what have y'all been up to for the last few weeks? Oh, oh boy. Well, Shit. who... who I'll, I'll go first. first. Yeah, because I, I actually... Uh, I did a little more than the than has been typical lately. I think my past okay. couple of check-ins here on the Gooncast have been... Uh, I'm playing Honkai Star Rail because yeah. uh, because cute anime girls and uh-huh. and uh-huh. gotcha and waka waka waka. Now, I am still playing Honkai Star Rail. Yes, waka waka every day. We, we know, we know every day. <laughs> Excellent because Excellent. it's great. Um, I saw the new Spider Verse film. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Let okay. me talk about this show. Okay, I was going to say, it seems like you have opinions. I, I plan on seeing it very soon, by the way. So I, I, I'll be totally spoiler-free. Okay, um, okay. I am so tired of superhero shit, period. Okay. I get it. Sure. I, am, yeah. I am of that opinion. Yeah. I have very few exceptions. Um, I will go see anything Guardians of the Galaxy because it's just space D&D. Uh-huh, yes. So I don't even loop that in with Marvel. Um, and I'll go see anything in this animated Spider-Verse thing they're doing because the first one was just visually breathtaking. It was a fun fucking ride. And it's doing something new and different, which a lot of superhero movies aren't doing. They're, this, this 
series now is not afraid to do some wildly different shit, whether it's in its artistic production or the way the animation syncs with music. Mm. Um, I'm pretty tired of anything to do with multiverses with the exception of Wish Upon. Um, (laughs) Yes, yes. So I I went into the first one just very like, okay, whatever. Uh, Saw it in theaters, absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so naturally Krista wanted to see this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. First one is great. I'd love to see that in theaters. Yo, this movie fucking rules. Does it? It was oh, yes. so good. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't want to breach into spoiler territory, so I'm going to say what I have to say about it very carefully. It is, in my opinion, an upgrade from the first one, <sighs> which okay. I already thought was going to be hard to do because the first one has okay. Nicolas Cage uh-huh. as Spider-Man Noir. Yes. Chewing scenery, drinking egg creams, and punching Nazis. <laughs> yep. Um, this one introduces the only Spider-Man who I think could give him a run for his money. Uh, Cockney Spider-Man. <laughs> who, uh-huh. who speaks with such authentic Cockney slang, he needs, like, subtitles. Amazing. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, it, it's... I'm a sucker for when animation knows how to play in unison with the music backing it you know if there's like if there's musical beats happening that are in sync with what's being presented to us in the animation i get like all tingly i'm like oh yeah that's good stuff Mm -hmm. and that's what this does really super well um so the new spider-verse movie fucking rules amazing um even if you're like Even if you're, like, on superhero burnout like me, if you're just an animation fan, it's splendid. Uh, Um, That's that's me! (laughs) So, you will will very much enjoy this. Okay, cool. Uh, And then the last thing I got super up to this week, uh, with the exception of some shared viewing stuff that I know Saber's going to get into, so I'll leave that to to the patriarch of the Hack Fraud clan. But, um, (laughs) uh, I've been playing fucking Street Fighter VI. Oh, how's that? Hey, uh, I've been playing um, Street Fighter Six as well, kind of. Oh shit! I, All right, what are you I, I want to make sure that this statement comes out as accurately as possible. Uh-huh. As of a product on release, so like you know, we haven't. It's it's a game that's come out and not needed like a catastrophe fixing day one patch or something like. As a product that hit the market ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be the best fighting game I've ever played. Oh. Wow. Um, and I, I'm only being careful with that one because there are old school classics that are really, really hard to top. Like, you know, I'm trying to put myself back into like, oh man, you know, playing Tekken 3 for the first time. Fucking masterpiece. Soul Calibur 2. A little imbalanced, but super, super fucking good. This is one of those games that has enough depth and complexity to it that the pro matchups are going to be fantastic to watch, but it does not make you feel like an idiot if you're a casual. Mm, okay. You can jump in and just fucking play this. The problem a lot of people have had with Street Fighter throughout the years, as well as other six-button fighting game setups, yeah. yes. is the inputs. If you don't give the time to like labbing, as they call it, when you just go into practice mode and get your shit down, 
if you can't pull off all the moves, you feel kind of stupid, and then you go to a party, and then you get fucking floored by some dude. And you're like, oh man, I never want to play that again, because that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. This game introduces a new controller setup, a new uh, input system called Modern, which makes it more accessible to do certain special moves and, and special attacks um, with the trade-off being you deal like 20% less damage with them. Mm-hmm. So it's a way that newer players can jump right in and not feel like there's this big bound, this big boundary for entry. And it's just kind of a cool different system to play with. So like, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with six button fighters. I, I play street fighter four and five on an arcade stick. But now with this one, uh, unfortunately my arcade stick is not PS five compatible. So I've been having to play street fighter six on a controller. Oh. Which, let me tell you, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> um, and so because of that, I, I feel like I can't do the inputs very well for the classic setup on a controller. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I keep fucking up my quarter circle movements. Like, I, my placement matches were complete dog shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tried out that new modern control scheme. And I'm like, yo, this is pretty comfy. I can get into this. You know, the damage trade-off is a little bit of like a, a, a hurdle, but that's fine. There are some character imbalances, and that's fine. That's always going to happen, and it's always going to fluctuate depending on like what ranking level you are. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the early rankings are always going to be filled with the Ryus and the Kens. Um, Kami saturates like the first few levels of ranking. I don't care. I still shamelessly man her since Street Fighter Four. Um... <laughs> Hell but yeah. then you've got this new asshole named JP who like is a fucking sorcerer. And then as soon as you get into the higher rankings, he's like dominating. Um, so there's, there's some, there's some stuff I think they're going to patch numbers wise to make some adjustments. But as far as a product that came out on release, um, it, it fucking works, mm. which, Okay. If you're maybe not that big of a fixture in the fighting game community, the idea of a fighting game with crossplay coming out that has no catastrophic issues on day one is a fucking <laughs> myth. It is a myth. And since I've been playing this, I've had zero issues with connectivity. I'm fighting players in Asia and getting great connections as if my opponent were couch co-oping against me. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. The single player mode is fun. Um it, there's just there's just a lot of content packed into a game. And you know what? Yeah, it's got some microtransactions and some monetizing shit, but it's all stuff you can just get in the story mode. Look, I'm a simple guy. I just want to put my character into the outfit I want. <laughs> yeah, I I like the Cami redesign, but I want to have the old school leotard because it's it's just who I grew up with, and all I had to do was find her in the story mode and get big armfuls of containers of jelly eel uh-huh. and spoon feed them to her <laughs> while she's going. This tastes horrible. Please stop. But like her reputation levels going up. Uh huh. So I just get her sick on jellied eel and then she puts on the leotard. And there we go. I didn't need to spend a dollar. 
this is the way it's supposed to be, folks. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> God damn it. So I, I'm I'm loving it. I, you know, when we were doing uh, the Gooncast list of favorite games of all time, I said my favorite fighting game was Tekken Tag Tournament. And I think if I go back and I, I jump into that again, and I also take into account how I felt when I played that back in the day, that might still hold true, because at heart, mm-hmm. I'm a Tekken player. Mm-hmm. But... It's really, really hard to turn your nose to this. Street Fighter VI is a fucking outstanding game. Amazing. Yeah, that's I, where I'm at. I, I, oh, I haven't played too much of it. I've mostly been messing around with the World Tour mode, which is this game's uh, a story mode. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm not super big into fight. Well, I guess before I continue further, uh, you know, for full disclosure purposes, I'm part of the Capcom Creators Program, and I got a free key for Street Fighter VI. So it's like, I didn't spend any money on it. Um, I think it's fun. I, I've been, again, mostly messing around with, with the story mode. And I'm not a big fighting game fan. So in terms of like the, 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 the minutia and details, I, I'm really not the best person to ask. Uh, the only one of the few, I think the last fighting game that I was able to get into fairly substantially was uh, the 2013 Killer Instinct, which I fucking adore. Uh, and still nothing has kind of come close to that. But the story mode has a lot of big, goofy Yakuza energy, which is fun. Um, I'm a little a little mildly annoyed with, like, how it's doing its season pass in regards to, uh, like, how many characters you get compared to, like, Street Fighter V. It seems like you're getting less, and I think it costs the same amount, which is... I get it, game dev ex- is expensive, but just... For an average consumer, you know, it kind of sucks. Uh, but I, I, I will side with Lee on that. The fact that, like, yeah, there's microtransactions for currency and, and you know, to, to, to get, like, unlockables and stuff like that faster. But the fact that, like, you don't have to do unnecessary grinding to unlock a character's classic outfit. Mm-hmm. I greatly appreciate that. You just have to spend time in the story mode. You meet the character in the story mode. You look up what their preferred gifts are, you buy those mm-hmm. preferred gifts with in-game currency that you can't buy, that you earn by playing the game, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not too expensive, uh, and then you just give them enough gifts and you get the costume without actually having to spend any fucking real-world money on it. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, I, I really like that. I, I've been very worried about that sort of thing because, like, one of the last major triple-A fighting games that I kind of picked up because the the launch trailer suckered me in with nostalgia was Mortal Kombat 11, uh, and uh, that game is a rank piece of shit, mm-hmm. uh, especially in terms of, like, a casual fighting game fan where it's like, I just want to mm-hmm. unlock cool costumes and maybe do the story mode and play offline with AI. And that game is riddled with disgusting amounts of microtransactions and loot boxes and FOMO. Like, even even if you wanted to say, okay, I just want to buy Scorpion's classic costume. Well, you fucking can't. You buy the currency, and then you have to fucking wait for the daily store rotation and hope that it pops up, because this game has thousands upon thousands upon thousands of fucking items. And it's, it may never fucking pop up in the store. So you have to keep playing it or booting it up religiously to get this shit. It's like, fuck that, I have a fucking life. Eat a dick, WB. 
He did eat another realm. You you made me you, your rant made me just realize something that I adore about the way this franchise is going that Mortal Kombat did not do, which is okay, new fighting game, you need the new characters. Yeah. Okay. Street Fighter Six, who we got? Okay, so they're big on doing the world warriors. You need characters from different parts of the world representing their flavor. Okay, you've got Manon, who's a French chick who does, like, ballet fighting. Awesome. You got Maritza, who's this big Italian juggernaut who is, is all about, like, Greek like Greek themes. and she's her, entire, her entire character arc is, I want to fuck Zangief, and I applaud that. <laughs> Basically... And then, like you know, you've got you've got uh, T Hawk's daughter, who's a total badass, like you know, younger, like feisty little kid with tomahawks. It's like this is cool. And then Mortal Kombat was like, "Hey, man, you want some new characters?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, Nether Realm, please. Who you got?" Okay, here's Kotal Khan. He's the new badass. He's this big Aztec juggernaut. We're like, yeah, please give me more of him. No, you fucking nerd. We're going to job him out in a wheelchair to Shao Kahn. What are you thinking? Hey, hey, KK, KK in a wheelchair. He's going to be rolling over your grave, Lee. We're not, we're not going to let the new characters be cool, you fucking idiot. Well, it's sub-zero like you're supposed to. Except for Devorah, because she gets to fucking actually kill Scorpion, because Fuck you. The worst fucking new character. This horrible, awful bug lady. Who, and, and she fucking murders Scorpion? Eat a dick. Eat a dick. It should have been noob. Street Fighter, at least, like, it gives, it gives some breathing room and some respect to the new characters. And Mortal Kombat is just like, I don't know, here's a fucking cowboy. Yeah, what does he do? Here's Aaron He's got Black. a gun. What's his part in the storyline? I don't fucking know. Pick Scorpion. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and and even then, even even then, like mechanic mechanically mechanically between each fucking Mortal Kombat game, like the last three, character movesets and how, how the game functions fucking changes. So it's like you can't even remain consistent. And it's like, again, they they, they ruined the fucking crypt. Like again, the, the the I'm a casual fighting game fan. I just want to play the game and unlock some shit, and like unlock classic costumes. If you want to, I I hate fucking microtransactions. But if you want to fucking include shitty microtransactions, don't make it overpowering and don't fucking mm-hmm. include fucking FOMO. I have a life. Mm-hmm. I am not going to boot up yes. the fucking game every yep. fucking day for for a full mm-hmm. fucking year. If I want, to, if I want to spend my actual money to buy the costume that I want, because it's going to take hours, thousands of hours in RNG to unlock normally, like I ain't got time for this shit. No, I'll only do that for Honkai Star Rail. Yeah, so like I, the fact that I can unlock, <laughs> the fact that I can unlock like Ryu or Kami or Chun Li or Ken's classic outfits with just minimal effort in story mode. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to unlock them, and it takes a little bit of time. But yeah, it is not, like, thousands of hours. It's not RNG. Mm-hmm. It's so No, I, I, I was enjoying the story mode. Um, from the time that I started playing it to the time that I finished getting Cammy's reputation to full to get her costume, I think I played story mode... Fuck. Five hours? 
Mm. Yeah, something like that. Uh, like, I, it's not a lot. I've street mm-hmm. and because it, it, you gotta wait until you meet Cammy, and that's fine. But like, let's see, uh, Street Fighter Six, because I haven't. Uh, you get her yeah, in I, Chapter I've, Seven. Yeah, I, 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 I finished the requirements for her off stream, but I'm gonna get her costume on stream. But like, I've streamed roughly about five hours of the story mode, and that's how long it took. And I, I think I met Cammy about four hours in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe go. four and a half. And it's like, I still already could have started working to, excuse me, started working towards unlocking Luke's classic costume, or Chun-Li's classic costume, or Blanca's. Like, this isn't some time-consuming process. And it's like, I appreciate that. You're not wasting my fucking time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it, kudos it to that. the player. Kudos to that. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I applaud Capcom for that. Uh, as yeah. a casual fighting game fan, it's fine. It's fun. Lee gives it a rearing thumbs up. Uh, yeah, go play it. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is from the guy who I, I know we don't do uh, we don't do video feeds on the Gooncast here, but this is coming from a guy who fills his desk with with the anime figures, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at two different statues of Cami, and I've got a T-shirt of Cami. Like this is my fucking girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah! This, this game is this game is raging success. There you go. Nice, awesome. That was my uh, week. Cool, cool. Um, d- d- James, do you want to go next or should I? Uh, I I have a fair bit, so like you 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 could probably go I, first. I also have a fair bit. Um, uh, but yeah, I will. Oh, 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 oh. I, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, because uh, I mentioned this the last time we recorded. Um, but now it actually happened. Uh, I was in Japan. Hey. Last yeah. Week. So yeah, I um I my my husband and I finally took our basically our honeymoon after like two years of being married. Um, so we went to um we were in Tokyo and we were also in a place called Kusatsu, which is uh like a like an onsen. It's known for like hot springs and basically just going there to like relax. Uh, and we we had like an absolutely insane jam-packed week took tons of pictures um i had really weird jet lag so like i kept waking up at four in the morning but um it was actually really fun because then we could just like i woke up and will was up and we were both just like should i just go walk around so we were just like walking around like an empty shinjuku and just like exploring and it was such a blast so i have a bunch of i have a bunch of pictures of like actually like the sun is up, so it's like it's brightly lit, but there's nobody around. And these are these are places where, like, you know, mid middle of the day, it is packed. There's like a huge fucking crowd. Um, so it was really cool. And uh, yeah, we got to we bought a bunch of souvenirs for people. We bought a bunch of gifts and uh, um, a bunch of gifts for ourselves too. And yeah, it was just it was it was a really good time. And I haven't taken a vacation in like five years. <laughs> Which which character is on the body pillow that you bought me? <laughs> I'm, and please I'm, tell me it's Nine Ball Sarah. <laughs> I'm not telling you. Jokes on it. you! It's jacked. It's jacked. Oh, it's jacked. No. You're right. James got it in one. No. no, no, no. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. So Japan was great, and then um, in addition, obviously, I've I've still done a lot of like media consumption so i'll just kind of like rattle off some things that i've been i've been doing here and there 
Uh, for movies, uh, outside of watch parties with these with these lovely goons um, and with the, the 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 lovely goon squad uh, watch parties, I watched John Wick Four. Yes. And yes. Creed Three. Yes. And both were amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also love both of those. Yeah, yeah. I John Wick Four was. Um, Probably my favorite of the franchise, except for the first one. Um, I really liked, I liked the tribute they had to Lance Reddick. It, it made me cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked, I, I, I just, I liked the whole film. I liked the vibe of it. Um, it also uh, had a bit of comedy element to it. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But um, Lee, do you remember the stairs? Oh, oh my God. That was the longest and most beautiful action sequence. I I was dying of laughter because I kept thinking there can't be more people to throw down the stairs. Oh, there are. And and every time I thought that, I was wrong. Endless <laughs> goons. It was it was so fucking funny. Um, oh, and there was a really great shot that was. Uh, uh, I know I heard I heard mention of people saying it was it was a reference to Hotline Miami. Or like the the top down shooter genre, yes. yeah. And that was that was dope. <laughs> the, like the the flame tongue shotgun. Yes, yeah. yes. I was like, wow, that was what a shot. You know, like ugh, it was. Yeah, it was great. And, and then, I, I want to hear your thoughts on Creed three. Yes, yes. Uh, Creed three. I like obviously like I heard it was really good. I kind of I had been very like hesitant to watch it because of the allegations against the. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors, yeah. yeah, and I was just kind of like, okay, fine, I'm gonna. Watch. It's on the plane, it's free. I'm not like giving them money, so I'm just gonna watch it. Um, and yeah, it was just brilliant. Like, I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with with that stuff with him, and I hate, I hate to say this kind of thing because I'm just like, it's it, very much for me. It's like the same with like the Kevin Spacey stuff, where it's like he hasn't been, you know, officially accused of stuff, but like I still am very creeped out by you mm-hmm. know i'm just like i don't want to i don't want to support him i don't want to watch his movies and be like he's a great actor even though i do think he's a great actor it's just like and jonathan majors kind of feels the same way where i'm just like i don't want to support him but damn does he go to do a good job in this movie I, um, i'm so there with you yeah I, I have been so torn on that because i, I shit you yeah. not like two months before the allegations came out yeah i was having a conversation with krista saying i think this guy might be one of my favorite actors <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Je- like he's really good. So it's like, yeah, it's 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 monkey's paw curls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a shame. And um, uh, Michael Michael B. Jordan, d- fantastic job. I think he directed too, right? Yeah, it was um, it was the first time that uh, basically Sly took all his hands off of it, except for like uh-huh. producing credits, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just said, all right, you know, Michael, run with it, mm-hmm. and. That I was mean, kind of the weird, like, judgment I had to put it through, was mm-hmm. up until, like, I, I love Creed 1, it's great. Mm-hmm. Creed 2 fucked really hard because of the nostalgia factor. Okay. I'm, like, having Dolph Lundgren and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, how am I going to like a Creed movie that officially now has absolutely nothing to do with Sly Stallone? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I I adore it. Like, yeah. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, I see, I have... I have not seen the previous two movies, and I really haven't oh. seen much of the Rocky franchise. So yeah, this was this was purely a like I heard this movie was really good. I'm just gonna check it out with 
with no like no context and it's oh like, check like, out the first two they're fantastic yeah okay okay that's, that's, i will that's kind of but, been... yeah i mean and i i love the anime references too i like, i Sorry. Michael Jordan threw in a lot of anime references, and they were glorious. <laughs> Go I, ahead, James. I still, I still need to see Creed three. I want to, but like one of the mm-hmm. things that has been kind of outside of the Jonathan Major stuff, one of the things that's kind of been mm-hmm. uh, keeping me from that was just my own hesitation of just the fact that Rocky isn't even in it. Like I know it's, mm-hmm. it's. I want like it to be. It's about Adonis Creed and everything like that, but like. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get, like, too much into spoilers, but, like, Creed 1, and maybe even potentially Creed 2, had an option, had options to, like, have Rocky exit the franchise. Mm. But they didn't take it. So it's, like, the mm. fact that it just he's absent just seems strange to me, and just, mm. it felt weird. I mean, I still want to see it, but just, it, mm-hmm. it felt weird that just, oh, he's I, not here anymore honestly, for some arbitrary I... reason. Honestly, I don't think you'll feel the absence. Mm. Like, I didn't feel like there was a missing piece when I was watching it. Like, I knew there were references to, like, the previous films and stuff. Yeah, sure. But the the heart of the movie is the relationship between the main character and Jonathan Major's character. Mm. And that takes such a forefront that I felt that, like, that was the whole movie. Okay. Like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like... Yeah, sorry. Sly doesn't go missing because it's also just like the progression I felt of the trilogy that like the bird was ready to leave the nest. Yes, yes. It it didn't feel like it it, it didn't feel like, oh, like, you know, it it felt like it felt like Sly could still be somewhere in the universe. It's just that he wasn't part of this particular story. Like, that's what it felt like to me more than more than like, you know, we need to kill him off so that, you know this character can can grow it's like no 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 we just he wasn't part of what happened here sure sure um, and, and yeah. that's just my own apprehension of just like i kind of wish oh, they gave totally understandable an exit and yeah. whatnot as opposed to yeah it, I, I i get it but it's just like yeah as, as somebody who loves the franchise except mm-hmm. for five nobody <laughs> we don't talk about five uh <laughs> just the idea of a rocky movie without rocky feels sure. weird you know, sure. and granted, it's I, it's I, I Creed, it's not a Rocky movie, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so then, uh, so then to get into video games, um, so I, um, I have officially beaten the story, the the campaign for Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I still we have a lot of like about this. Yes, yes, I still have a lot of cleanup to do. Um, but I, so I, I, I come at this where like, I've, I've played Zelda games before. I like Zelda games. It's a, it's a good franchise. It's a solid franchise. I really liked Breath of the Wild because I felt like the series kind of grew up a little bit with, with Breath of the Wild. It felt like a, you know, I mean, the whole premise of the story is that you wake up to a world in mourning, effectively, because thousands of years ago, the champions that were meant to save the world failed, and they all died, and Zelda failed. And, like, basically it was all she could do to save you and to maybe hope that hundreds of years later we could do this again and actually succeed. Mm. And, like, digging into kind of, like, 
her apprehension about like she hasn't been able to unlock her powers as like the sage of wisdom like she just she can't do it and then like she doesn't and her failure to do that is effectively what causes the death of like all of these people that were counting on her and it's such a solid story like and it really makes zelda like at the forefront of it and i loved it so much and tears of the kingdom kind of goes back to a lot of zelda tropes so it goes back to like you gotta gather the, all the sages together and you gotta go defeat ganon and it's just kind of like okay it's it's a little bit back to back to basics you know um i think there's a lot of good things with it i think that like um it has very similar vibes to breath of the wild um zelda's story is still heartbreaking she's still at the center of it um it's still like really solid there the game is amazingly interactive there are so many things in the world that you can just fucking do like look at all the things you can do in your in our game except the only way you can actually interact with the game is by shooting things or by you know pressing contextual buttons on things like it's like the games look gorgeous but they're stiff and zelda is just like well our game doesn't look the best of any game out there but my god if you want to slap a korok onto a rocket and launch him into space you can <laughs> you know like it's like that kind of shit where it's just like yeah, they know how to make it fun. Um, but but with it came a lot of bad. I thought a lot of the boss fights were very samey. Like like a lot of the combat is is interesting when you can like when you have the freedom to just like use your whole arsenal. But a lot of the bosses are just like figure out the gimmick of the boss and then counter that gimmick like four times. And it's just kind of like okay, you know, it's like and I also thought a lot of the dungeons were too long and repetitive in the same way, where it was just like, you figure out how to get one key thing in, and then it's like, cool, now you have to find the other four keys. And I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, like, cool, great. Um, but at the end of the day, I enjoyed myself, so I still give it a pretty solid score. Like, I, you know... I had a blast. I'm I'm still I'm still gonna clean up a lot of stuff and just like run around and just kind of vibe with the game. I feel like this is a very good vibe game. Um yeah. And I I I I, I dug it. So Fuck yeah. Um the other game that I have been meaning to play, but I actually haven't gotten back to yet. And I wanted to give an update on it because it kind of disappointed me in this way, hmm. uh, was Firmament. Um because I found out while I was in Japan and while I couldn't play it, I found out that apparently um, the developers used a lot of AI tools in their um, in their work process. And and what what that means? Because I, I did I, I did dig into it because I was just like like initially the headlines were just like they used AI and it's just like okay what the fuck does that mean you know like I like. Because because I know that what does that mean these days exactly because well because Robin Miller I know is like a big fan of like Mid Journey and like Stable Diffusion like he does a lot of just like like on his Twitter he's been doing a lot of like little prompts where he's just like I'm gonna make little little art things with like Mid Journey or whatever and I am very anti AI um, especially AI art especially like like Chat GPT stuff stuff that takes mm -hmm. jobs away from real creators stuff that scrapes from the internet and steals their work to then turn around and like regurgitate it like reach yeah i just I, I i don't like that so it was frankly disappointing to see robin miller doing that now what he does in his free time i don't 
you know, I don't have any control over, right? Like, if somebody wants to fuck around with with mid-journey or, or stable diffusion, I don't care. Like, if you just want to make goofy shit or, like, whatever, I don't care. But when it comes into a commercial product, that's when I start to get, like, not okay with that. So, and Robin Miller was very, like, We're, it's not going to be part of the thing, and then it ended up being part of the thing. So what I found out was that the, the AI... Um, the AI work that was done was tool assisting on, like, voice tuning for the voice acting, um, which is kind of weird. And also, um, the voice actors are not credited, which, according to Cyan Worlds, is, uh, because the voice actors specifically requested it, because it's not, um, it's not professional voice actors, it's, like, people in the company doing the voice acting. Which does have historical precedence because Cyan Worlds has historically used like their own staff as the actors, as the characters in the game. Like, you know, famously, uh, Atris is just, you know, Rand Miller. Um, the two brothers are Rand and Robin. You know, it's like, it's that kind of stuff where it's just like, yeah, okay, like you've done that before. I kind of buy that, but also like hearing that the hearing that there was voice editing done with ai made a lot of people think they they bought ai voices um which apparently is not the case but then i did hear that like there was some art that was generated with, via ai so some of the like decals okay. and also some of the writing was generated via ai hmm. and to like a lot of the like the like lore stuff that you'll find in the world and to me that's kind of sucked a lot of the enjoyment out of because a lot of my enjoyment in Mist was finding, you know, finding the bits of narrative, piecing the narrative together, and having it be this handcrafted thing that tied into the narrative of the story, you know, it being that these worlds are all handcrafted, that, you right. know... It, it and, loses some of the emotional gravitas if you know it's coming just from, like... Exactly. Zeros exactly. and ones. Exactly. And I... I think I'm too far in to, like, get a refund, and I don't necessarily... <laughs> want to get a re because i'm just like i i love this dev team but i do want to say that i am incredibly disappointed in the, the decision of leadership to do this mm -hmm. like i just i i think that you know i would much rather see the game be smaller and have less content than to know that some of that content had to be made with ai like it just it bums me out um so yeah that's I, I so I don't know if I'm going to finish Firmament at this point. I I I I hope I, I I want to. I I still want to see, but but a lot of my enthusiasm for playing it has gotten kind of destroyed, frankly. Damn, that's a yeah. bummer. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, I mean, I, I I'll update y'all if if I do go back to it. So. Um, and then the, the one other thing I wanted to mention before, um, tossing over Saber is that, um, I have, I decided to pick up like reading again. Ooh, I, yeah. yeah, I kind of, you know, I haven't uh, basically like, I haven't been reading for, for quite a bit. I sort of started a little bit like earlier in the year, but like fell off it. I kind of made it like a new year's resolution type thing where I was like, yeah, I need to read more, but then I didn't. And now I'm like. No, you know what? I need to read more. So I, I actually ended up starting with, um, I've reread a book that is probably one of my favorite books of all time. I don't know if it's my favorite book, but it's definitely top 10. Uh, it's a book called Slights um, by Karin Warren. Um, 
I'm, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her first name. It's K-A-A-R-O-N. So um, she's an Australian author. The book is about a, um, it follows a young woman for like, like 15 years of her life or something like that. Um, and at the start of the book, she experiences, a, um, she dies effectively and, and comes back. So she has like a near death experience. Um, and when she dies, uh, she goes to this this room where she sees a bunch of of people that she's known in life who uh, basically like torture and like mutilate her for like hours on end. And she's she's like so confused by like what the fuck this is. Um, and slowly over the years, as she kind of like continues to grapple with this experience, um, she starts getting curious if. Other people also have a room that they go to when they die. Um, so it's effectively about the birth of a serial killer. Hmm. And um, yeah, the main character, her name is Stevie. And she is a fascinating character because... And the, the way that the way that uh, Karin wrote her character is fascinating because she feels, she feels so real because you get a very... You get very much a sense that like... As she's writing, she's writing it to basically like, or like you know, the things she's writing are very much like putting herself in a in a good light. Like she's very like I'm not like other girls, or like you know, like I'm I like like that kind of thing. But like it feels very um, unreliable narrator in some ways. Like where it's like you know, you know how like a lot of times people will, if they're telling you a story, they will make themselves seem better than they really were in the story, mm -hmm. right? Like we always we all have kind of the instinct to sort of like. You know, be a little bit of an unreliable narrator. Exactly, exactly. To to sort of adjust our um, adjust the telling to make ourselves seem better or make ourselves mm -hmm. feel better. Um, and yeah, like you 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 get that when you read it. Like she is she is an unmitigated asshole. Um, and like I don't even think necessarily that you sympathize with her, but you do like like you you find this like context for her and like you hear the way she talks about other people and you realize that like you know like in their actions that she's describing you're like these people actually care about her and she hates them you know and you're just like this is like there's you know like because basically like as she 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 comes to realize that the people in her room are people that she's slighted and like you come to kind of learn that like like through as as she discovers it that like it's all of this stuff you know stuff that's kind of like in her own head right where it's like this is not necessarily how people think of you but it's you know how you think other people think of you mm -hmm. um and it's it's a fascinating book i highly recommend it there's like yeah there's just something about about her uh, the the writer's voice that comes through really clearly and, and really compellingly and it's it's got good horror. I just I love it a lot, you know. Like, and you know, again, obviously, I, I it kind of um, like we talked about with Scream. Like, I like I like the kind of like where it's like, you know, becoming a serial killer kind of story where it's like you kind of just like this descent into madness. It's mm -hmm. like that. That's the kind of thing that I would have liked to see more embraced by the Scream movies. If that's you know, the character you're going to have, it's like, well, because without spoiling the book too much, that kind of comes up in, in slights, but you know, it's, yeah. Um, and then, uh, after I finished that, I started, um, I started a book that's, that was on my radar for a really long time and I ended up picking it up like last year. 
and uh, just started reading it, though. It's a book called The Only Good Indians oh, by yeah, yeah. Stephen Graham Jones. Yeah, you know this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you read it? No, but it was um, it was recommended to me. I didn't get around to it, though. Okay, I th- I think you would like it, actually. I was going to say, of, of everyone, I'm like, I feel like Lee would dig this. Um, so far, it's... So far, it's really good. I'm only, like, a quarter of the way through, I think. Um, but I'm really compelled so far. I think mm-hmm. um, if I had a criticism, my one criticism is that... Um, and this is this is purely a, like, my preference thing. It is not a, like, this is bad writing. It's just like a, hey, I prefer it when writers do this. Um, mm. He tends to be a little run-on with his sentences when he's talking about, like, descriptions. Oh, okay. Um yeah, so his his dialogue is like so like zingy and like just like really like feels like it's in the voice of these characters. It's his dialogue is brilliant. Um and his descriptions are brilliant too. It's just that the way he structures the sentences that deliver them tend to just like kind of get me in more of a like zone me out kind of mode <laughs> instead of you know, compel me kind of mode. I get what um, you mean. As a yeah. Hemingway fan, this might be right up my alley. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. So I, but I, I've gotten used to it now. I think like initially I was kind of like, ah, this is not really like, I, I prefer it when people tend to vary their sentence structure a little more in descriptions. Um, he doesn't, but I'm I'm at this point kind of like, yeah, okay, I dig what he's doing. I, 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 I dig where he's going and I'm still, I'm, compelled enough by his uh um his plot and his characters and everything else going on that i'm willing to kind of like adjust my sensibilities a little bit oh yeah so yeah um and i'll let i'll I'll let y'all know what i think when i finish it but uh um so far so good yeah please please do keep me updated on that one because i'm curious Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and that's that's pretty much it for me fuck yeah yeah uh for me um let's see here uh i went through amnesia the bunker yeah oh which was uh it's pretty neat it's okay the second best amnesia game uh granted that's not really saying much uh (laughs) i hated a machine for pigs and i gave up on amnesia rebirth because uh there's nothing to uh, uh, uh turn me off of a horror game faster than endless non-stop fucking useless hint dialogue which sucks mm-hmm. me out of the fucking atmosphere as I'm trying mm-hmm. to soak in the horror. Uh, Amnesia the Bunker uh, throws away all that. There's very little dialogue outside of a couple scenes at the beginning of the game and some audio logs that you can find. Not really audio logs, but like notes that actually have voice acting. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of takes it, it it's trying to like do something a little bit new with the formula where it's not just wander around the environment and solve like environmental puzzles it's still plenty of that but like you're mm-hmm. giving you're given a fixed objective it mm-hmm. that is to escape the bunker because there's a spooky monster down there uh, and for context you're a french soldier in the middle of world war one you're trapped in this mm-hmm. french bunker and there's a horrible spooky monster going around, and the entrance has been sealed shut by command because uh, they ran a- the second the monster showed up, command booked it out and decided to uh, blow up the entrance to keep the monster inside, despite the fact that there were still countless soldiers inside. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're kind of like trapped and you have to find TNT and a detonator in order to escape. Uh, you vaguely know where the TNT and the detonator is, 
but you need mm-hmm. to collect various tools in order to reach said uh, uh, locations, right? Uh, so you basically can explore the bunker and complete any objective in any order that you want, because it's it's drawing influence from immersive sims like uh, Deus Ex uh, or, or System Shock, uh, mm. where it's like you, you have this... It's not really open world, but it's like a free-form, small-contained environment. You can kind of like do whatever the hell you want. Uh, and most puzzles have multiple different solutions, and it's entirely based on you how you want to figure this out and, like, do nice. stuff, right? So, like, let's say you find a wooden door, and, uh, you know, it's locked. There could be an alternate path uh, to, like, get inside, and, you know, you open up a vent and get in there, or you can just blow up the fucking door and get in faster. But of course, the drawback is if you make noise, the monster will hear you and will immediately come to that fucking area. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of like ration your supplies, like every single decision you make, every single bullet you fire, every single Molotov you throw, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a strategic decision that you have to make on your part. It's very anxiety inducing. It's the fun kind of stressful. Of just like, mm-hmm. I have to make these decisions. You have to keep the, uh, it makes it easier to navigate and a little safer to keep the lights on. But in order to keep the lights on, you have to like fuel up the generator and the generator drains super fucking quickly. But you can also use that same fuel to like maybe burn stuff away or scare away the monsters. So it's up to you on how you want to do it. Uh, I got minor complaints in regards to just uh, your flashlight battery dies way too quickly and the fuel drains a little too quickly. Mm. Some mm-hmm. instances of just uh, when the monster pops up gets a little grating, kind of like Alien Isolation, you know, just based on oh, the Jasper. dynamic AI. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. But for the most part, it's, it's a solid experience and it doesn't outstay its welcome. Uh, and because it has... It's like pickups in terms of like fuel canisters and ammo and stuff like that. And also the... Uh, the locker codes that that hide the various tools that's all procedurally generated so it allows for a deeper like replay and shit like that it's 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 solid you know it took me about four hours to complete it's pretty fun i uh, i liked um i liked a criticism that was offered by a friend of the goon cast emu who mm. said that it is very difficult to set a monster horror piece during world war one because yeah. you need to immediately make that monster more terrifying than the nature of World War One itself. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I found that's that true. idea fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's actually a super good point. It's like, Basically. I'd kind of rather fight the rampaging hell beast than like get shot and be face down in a trench until mm-hmm. I bleed out. Yeah. yeah. Or, 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 or slowly suffocate because of the effects of uh, mustard gas. Mustard you know? gas. Right. Yeah. Like, yes. give me, give me a knife and the hell beast. I'll, I'll go out swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up that I'll just briefly touch upon is uh, I played the final fantasy 16 demo. Uh, I was cautiously optimistic about Final Fantasy 16. I, I'm not an MMO guy, so I haven't played Final Fantasy 14, but by all accounts, Yoshi P is supposed to be a very talented dev and producer, uh, and he's mm. the one spearheading Final Fantasy 16. I haven't liked the bulk of this franchise since 12. 12 was the last game that I, I enjoyed. Uh, mm. For me, it's just been a constant... Three of fucking disappointments. 
Uh, mm. and, and from the gameplay to the writing to everything. After playing the demo, uh, I'm, I'm very, 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 very... I'm, I'm trying to like temper my expectations so I don't get too hyped and, and get disappointed, but like this is the first time I've been kind of excited about a Final Fantasy game in fucking years. Uh, mm-hmm. The writing and characters are on point. It's it's surprisingly dark and grim. It's kind of going for more tonally closer to like Game of Thrones, which is a little bizarre for Final Fantasy. Uh, but it works. Combat feels very Devil May Cry-esque, which also makes sense, considering that the lead combat designer is a lead combat designer from Devil May Cry. Uh, so it's the first time oh, I've dude. liked... Uh, Combat in, in in an FF Final Fantasy game, action-focused Final Fantasy game in years. Additionally, they mm. apparently had uh, development support from Platinum Games to fine-tune the combat. So it's like, fuck yes, do do that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Stop doing the Kingdom Hearts floaty shit. Um, <laughs> only negatives about the combat so far is that uh, periodically through the boss battles, there are these cinematic evades and cinematic attacks that are basically just QTEs. And I'm so fucking sick of QTEs. They didn't pop up too much, so I'm hoping they don't, like, ruin the overall game experience. I'd just rather them be cut entirely and just let it be me dodging or me... Like, it's interrupting my fun of the combat to watch some fucking cinematic where I have to fucking press a button, right? Uh, but so far, you know, it's a solid, solid, solid little, uh, little thing. Uh, in terms of other shit, uh, immersive sim stuff, I'm not too far in it, but the System Shock remake finally came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played it for about four hours now, I think. It's really fucking solid. It's right up my alley. I've never played the original System Shock, but when I beat it, I'll probably have more to say about it. But, like, I backed this on Kickstarter fucking almost... <laughs> Seven years ago, I think. So to actually have it, it's really cool. I'm happy about that. Nice. Uh, Liza P demo. It's pretentious Bloodborne with Pinocchio flavored. It feels off. I might play it when the full game drops at some point, but I'm I'm more muted on it. Everybody else is like, oh my god, it's like Bloodborne. It's like, I think you guys are just starved for 60 frames a second Bloodborne that you're just eating up Liza P. Yeah. Uh, like, it has... For loading, it, instead of now loading, it says now lying. It's like, I get it. It's Pinocchio. Fucking cut it out. <laughs> uh, in terms of a surprisingly fun romp, we all watched the Dead or Alive movie last night. The one oh, based on the video yeah, game. Uh, I had always Thanks, heard Cam. it's... Thank you, Cam. I always heard it was a piece of shit. I mean, yeah, it's a bad movie, but it's a fun bad movie. It, 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 it knows it's dumb. It knows it is dumb. And it's just having fun. And yeah. like, if, if you can get past, if, if you can enjoy that style of movie where it's just fight scenes and, and bikini clad babes, you're going to have fun and with Kevin it. And Kevin Nash. And Kevin Nash and mm-hmm. Eric Roberts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun little movie. It's a fun yeah. little movie. Uh, it was way more fun than it had any right to be. Absolutely. I, I, I mentioned in the, in the chat when we were talking about it, because I was like, it's, it's stupid. But it knows it's stupid. Uh huh. And that's the fun part. Yeah, it, like, it, it, it's it, not trying to be anything better. It, it had a whole scene where it 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 was like showing that a character was crushing on another character, 
set to the like Looney Tunes like <laughs> like love music, and I was just like sold. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this a, movie knows what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a delightfully stupid little movie, and it was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of another new movie rewatch, uh, I saw last week SLC Punk for the first time. Uh, that was on uh, Greedy's recommendation. We did sort of a double feature between that and Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Uh, yeah. I, didn't we follow it up with... Yeah, no, we followed it up with Cyberbully, which is... Cyber- <laughs> no, really? Yeah, no, we followed both of those up with Cyberbully. Uh, I yeah. actually haven't seen SLC Punk, but um, was... Hagati said it was said it was great. So. Yeah, I, like, it's, it's not super my type of movie because i'm i don't really mm-hmm. dig on the punk scene all that much but like it's mm-hmm. it's well acted mostly well mm-hmm. written and uh it has a surprisingly impactful third act uh, that's what that's what Haggerty said too yeah. which i'm i'm a sucker for a good third act so, yeah, so uh, and matthew, matthew lillard, lillard in top form yeah matthew oh, lillard in top form sold <laughs> yeah uh so I, I would also give that a recommendation in terms of cyberbully nice. uh Cyberbully is a delightfully terrible movie that is so fucking tone Cyberbully, death. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's, it's so tone deaf uh, and, and borderline yeah. offensive in what it's, it's like, it, its message yeah. is good. Like, what it yeah, wants sure. to try to convey is good. Cyberbullying's sure. bad. But this uh-huh. movie is so fucking tone deaf, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny because of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I want to talk about, in full disclosure, I, I received a, a key for this game from Keymailer. Uh, is mm-hmm. a, a new little horror game called Killer Frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play as a radio DJ in 1987 in this small town, and the cops have been incapacitated, and there's a serial killer on the loose. So you're basically mm-hmm. acting as a makeshift 911 dispatch as you're broadcasting your late night radio program while uh, help is on the way. It's going to take them about four hours to get to your town, right? Because this is a small town. There's like only three cops and uh, no, yeah, one of them's on vacation. One of them just got fucking murdered by the killer. And the other one, their situation is dependent on uh, whether or not you're able to successfully give them advice Mm. on how to evade the fucking killer. Because that's the bulk of the game. You're trapped in your radio station and you're giving callers advice on how to elude the killer based on what they tell you. And based on what you can find in your uh, radio station. So, like, it's, it's a bunch of basically puzzle situations uh, where mm-hmm. you have to give, like, the correct advice. Like, for example, there's one instance where somebody's trapped in this burning building, right? And uh, you're trying to figure out who you should call, who could be, like, the best person to, to reach them. So you actually have to look at this map of the town that's on there. And there's a note, oh, there's construction here. And you have to pinpoint, okay, these three people live in these three locations. Who would have the quickest route to get there mm-hmm. and avoid the road closure in order to save this person? Or there's mm-hmm. a, a, another instance where there's a group of teens, right? And they're all, like, trapped in, by the killer. And it turns out they happen to be friends with this intern who works at the radio station. And you don't, and your intern, she, she's, like, out of town or something like that. And you mm-hmm. rummage through her desk, and you find this little personality quiz that she made. And it, like, lots like, you know, most likely to do this, most likely to do that, most likely to mm-hmm. fail at this. And you have to use that information to get the teens to do specific aspects of a plan in order to try to 
keep everybody alive. So it's like, okay, this person, it says, oh, this person would probably pass their driver's test on the first try. Okay, mm -hmm. this person's going to drive the getaway vehicle. Or this person would be most likely to win a foot race. They're going to be the distraction, right? Oh, and it's, it's really clever, cute little, little circumstances of, of just trying to like figure out how to do shit. There's another instance yeah. where somebody is trapped at the town's hedge maze and they're in the center because they were supposed to meet a date and the killer's there. And there happens, it happens to be that uh, your secretary is a big fan of that hedge maze and she has a map. So you have to look at the map and guide the person based oh, off God. of the various landmarks in the hedge maze to get out. And it's, it's That's fun. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, I don't know how much replay value this game will have. Like, I know mm -hmm. there's different scenarios, like, you know, based on, like, who lives and who dies. But as far as I know, the solutions to the puzzles are the same on every playthrough. So once you mm -hmm. know what you're doing, subsequent playthroughs might not be the best. But, mm -hmm. like, for sure. a first-time playthrough, mm -hmm. I really fucking dug it. I got yeah. very engrossed. It has very strong writing, very strong characters, very strong voice acting. Uh, it, it dips its toes into horror comedy in elements because it's very much a send-up of, like, 80s slasher films. Like, there's this running gag where there's this lo local pizza parlor run by some asshole named Ponty, and he's this Irish dude, and he keeps calling up the station... Is that, is that a Ponty pool reference? It might be. This it totally this, is. This, this, yeah. this, this whole game is packed full of fucking horror movie references awesome. and he keeps calling up the station to try to promote his pizza parlor to get free promotion mm -hmm. despite <laughs> the fact that you're trying to keep the lines clear in case people need it and he'll keep mm -hmm. calling in under fake voices in order mm -hmm. to try to trick you to keep him on the air longer and it, it's cute it's an it's a neat little running gag and it does make sense because it's like yeah there totally would be dumbasses who waste your fucking time as you're trying to like no, I need to keep the lines open so I can fucking rescue people. It's like, oh, you know, everybody's listening because there's a killer. This is a good time to to promote my pizza parlor. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's fun and it has some really effective horror moments, most of which is off screen, right? But there's mm -hmm. this great little moment where it's like almost blink if you miss it, where you have to go outside the the, the radio station to find something, right? And at the other end of the alley is the killer. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's far enough away where you might miss it, and they don't play a stinger, and the is just kind of watching you and then just walks away. And it's, like, it's creepy, because, like, the, your character doesn't comment on it, because your character didn't notice it. But you, the player, might have noticed it. It's like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they didn't do a loud, stupid violin yes. stinger yeah. is what makes it effective. I I love that kind of shit. I love that kind of like barely off screen shit or like, oh yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of little clues too that will allow you to potentially predict who the killer is before the big reveal, and mm. uh, it's 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 a very very satisfying ending. It's, oh, it's, you mean the way a good mystery should? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? It's it's uh it's a fun game. When they're not, when they're not trying to like subvert your expectations. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's uh, apparently a remake of a, a 2019 game. Uh, the studio is Team 17, and I guess one of the members of Team 17 back in 2019 participated in like a game jam, and they cranked out 
a a, a short little I think it I think the original is supposed to it takes like forty minutes to an hour to complete a short little horror game and based on this mm-hmm. concept and then it was so well received that Team Seventeen basically decided to flesh it out into a full fledged product at this point and. That's what I played, and it's really fucking solid, and it's one of the best little indie horror games or smaller scale horror games that I've played in I don't know how long, because like so much of these games are just like walking sims or jump scare simulators or have like all sorts of jank and in bad writing or just super mm-hmm. edgy gore, and like this is an effective teen rated horror game mm-hmm. that is just well written and and fun to solve like in, in sabs like, sabs yeah. what about the remake of layers of fear i haven't played it yet <laughs> aren't you gonna play the remake of layers of fear uh, the game that got a remake after being out for like five fucking years if if i can get a free key or somebody gifts it to me sure oh, but no, i'm not no, no, i i'm no. not buying layers of fear i'm not i'm not spending money on that it's a walking sim horror game with fucking loud jump scare noises. I don't want to waste my time on that. The kids love it. I don't care. <laughs> I like horror <laughs> games, but I want fucking gameplay. And walking around in a spooky house as violin stingers pop out and like spooky ghosts runs by is not scary or interesting. I'm here for the mechanics. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that, then you need to have strong writing. And just based on the little I've seen of the original Layers of Fear... And a lot of Bloober Team's other work, uh, they're not necessarily adept in the writing front. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah, go play Killer Frequency. Don't don't play Layers of Fear. Probably I don't know. I, I think the original mm-hmm. game came out in 2013, actually. But still, it's like it's when did, when did it come out? Layers of Fear Wiki. I feel it's more recent than that. Mm, uh, no, God, it's even worse. 2016. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Jesus Christ. I wasn't I wasn't too far off. <laughs> yeah, like like and there was Layers of Fear 2 that came out in 2019. And now we're getting a fucking remake of Layers of Fear. Fucking 7 years. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like come on, just make it a fucking Layers of Fear 3. God damn it. Or don't, I don't care. Anyways, yeah. that's 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 all I got. That's that's all I got. On this <laughs> fucking, I don't want to talk about layers of fear. <laughs> oh, I am good boy. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Any closing remarks, sentiments, stock tips, recipes? Um. Scream six sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. If you're gonna watch one of two four franchise movies that we talked about, watch Evil Dead Rise. Or just watch Pretty Malignant. Good. Or watch Malignant again. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. No. Let's, no. Uh, let's get real here. You come. You come to us at the Gooncast for the straight talk. Yes. <laughs> just go watch Wish Upon again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, do your outros. Yeah, I've been I've been Cat, aka the Attack Cat. Uh, you can find me as the Attack Cat on Twitch. Um, I haven't streamed in a very long time, but uh, you know you can catch me on Saber's channel doing Elden Ring. I think at some point we're gonna do 
Resident Evil Six again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We're doing we're doing stuff over there. So yeah, doing all kinds of stuff. That's right, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's been Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. I have been occasionally, maybe once a week, kind of streaming on my channel, Twitch.tv slash Valley Jester. Hell yeah! Doing yeah. some doing some light Honkai Star Rail here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be, might be, might be, might be some FF16 streaming. Mm-hmm. Might be. Okay. Okay. And I've also been getting a certain bug biting me a little bit, and I'm gonna see if I give in. I'm gonna see if I want to stream it. I might hit up a playthrough of Other Side. Yeah, Ooh, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. I would love to watch that. Definitely. So stay. Definitely tuned. let me know. Because, yeah. That was the one you wanted to do a video essay on, right? Yes. Yes, it yeah. was. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm very intrigued. I remember that being on one of your top lists. So. Oh, fu- yeah. Fucking Stellar Game. It was um, it was in my top of uh, top 10 of the first Golden Rocco's. Mm-hmm. And uh, its antagonist, the child, is in my top ten antagonist list. That's right. Yes, it it slaps. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. Game. And I'm uh, Jam. I'm James, also known as Saber Zero Three Zero Seven. You know where I am. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Inside us all, there are two wolves, and they're both Billy Loomis. Yeah. <laughs>